0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Welcome, Auburn, into the Friday edition of Sports Call, live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, the host of this show Today I've got Cam Barry with me for the full three hours as we have our final show before Christmas. And of course, again, remind you that of course no show next Monday and then a best of show next Tuesday. So the next time we'll be on air after today in a live form will be on Wednesday of next week. So getting you set for the Christmas holiday, there will be a lot to talk about today. As we continue to talk Auburn football recruiting, because they just keep signing more and getting more commitments uh, from players. So they got another player today, this time from twenty twenty five. Also, awaiting the decision that's coming any moment from Cohen Eccles, as it's about between Auburn and LSU primarily for Cohen Eccles. So we'll let you know where he commits in just a few minutes. So the recruiting news continues for the Tigers as they continue to have uh, a really good signing period here in two thousand and twenty three. Uh, So we'll update you on all of that. We'll also get you set for uh, the college football coming up the next few days. There's going to be several bowl games in action. Also for all the Christmas sporting events, basketball uh, in the NBA and in the NFL for three football games on Monday. And so, of course, we'll talk some of that. And we'll also talk about what's going on in Tallahassee, Florida with the Florida State Seminoles as they continue to be very, very disruptive and not happy with their ACC membership, so we'll go into detail about that today as well. If you want to give us a call, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We'll also have our Player of the Week reveal coming up in the 4 o'clock hour as well. Ryan and Cam with you here on this Friday. Also, Auburn basketball in action tonight Oops. against Alabama State. So we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Auburn basketball team as they get set for one more game before the Christmas holiday. Cam Berry, how are you today on this Friday?
2: I'm doing great. Especially after such a fantastic signing day that uh that Auburn had the other uh the other day. I mean um just I mean tons of recruits I think a total of what 20 signed and uh still continuing to add in just a couple days after so I think it ended up being like a total of around 22 somewhere around the lines of that uh and, and a fantastic class that Hugh Freeze has as uh, has brought in and what he has said has been you know a short time not long enough that he's been able to recruit and to bring in such a uh, uh such a good class uh that is finished they're not finished but has um you know, gotten up to being seventh in, in the country is uh, pretty, pretty decent, I'd say. Uh, and then adding, you know, already doing work in the 2025 class, flipping, uh, flipping a, a, a defensive lineman today from Alabama. Uh, and so right now the 2025 class is ranked at number three. So uh, you're doing really, really good if you're Hugh Freeze, adding, adding all these guys and, uh, you know, uh, uh, signing them and, and really locking them down. That's something that is, is huge. Um, And very exciting to see uh, all of these guys get get onto the planes, especially next year and uh, see how they can really impact and and, uh, see what they can do in Hugh Freeze's system. So it's very exciting to see uh, and talk about it. And and there's a lot of buzz going on in the planes, but I'm doing great.
1: Uh, i'm glad you're doing well and uh you can see things without i can now. see things yes. awesome. my
2: lasik surgery did go very well uh so i can now see naturally like a regular person not like a <laughs> blind person so it's great uh don't have to worry about glasses or contacts uh anymore i'll just need reading glasses when i'm 40 but that's but a you don't re- I,
1: do you read a lot of books i, mean, I, I do don't you, read a lot you, a of books i are.
2: probably <laughs> should but you know uh but yeah so so the surgery went well uh everything went great so i, can, I can can see now.
1: Excellent, man. Well, I'm glad you're doing well on this Friday. So let's get to it. And as you just mentioned, Auburn has already done more recruiting work to date. As again, they wait on the announcement from Cohen Eccles any moment. But uh, Antonio Coleman, yes, not 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 relation to the Antonio Coleman that played uh, for Auburn uh, uh, several years back. But Antonio Coleman, out of Saraland, Alabama, in the 2025 class, flipped his commitment from Alabama to auburn today he is a four-star player four-star on every single site as high as number 93 on 247 as low as number 180 on rivals of course rankings will change a good deal uh, in the next eight nine ten months as they go up until the 2024-25 signing period but uh, another four-star player for the tigers in the 25 class he currently grades out as the second highest rated commit in the 25 class uh only behind uh, safety Kendarius Reddick, who is a top 100 player right now. Uh, so the Tigers still maintaining in that top 5, 6, 7 range, depending on what site you're looking at, in 2025. That goes to show you, again, this is the very definition of recruiting now, and maybe it's been this way for several years, and and it has, but that it is a 24-7, 365 uh, job now, recruiting, and... Uh, to get such a successful signing day for the 24 class and then 48 hours later get something for the 25 class while you still wait on something else from the 24 class. Again, things continue to go nonstop for Auburn. Eighth commitment. And uh, and Cam, this, this 24 class is something that the two weakest areas were probably both lines of scrimmage, just from a big-boy offensive lineman standpoint and from a defensive line standpoint. Well, in 25 of the eight commits, four of them are defensive linemen, five if you factor into Caleb Falk being an edge. So... You're off to a completely 180 start there with the with the front guys in 25.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, uh, Hugh Freeze understands that it really starts in the trenches. He knew he wanted to build up the talent in this 24 class with a lot of, of skill position players and and DBs, safeties, guys like that. Uh, still obviously went with the D-line as well and, and offensive line in Drake Carter. But he knows that for the 25 class in terms of development, you've got to get some guys on the line, uh, and he's he's doing that. He is is really, really working. Uh, Defensive line coach Garrett is killing it. Um, they, They, I mean, these guys are putting in work. The, like like we've never like we haven't seen in a very long time, especially in the trenches. It's, it's been a while since we've seen uh, something like that. I mean, obviously Auburn has always had really talented defensive linemen, but uh, as you're you know as he's trying to land the, the offensive lineman, if if Auburn is able to get Cohen Eccles, you then have Drake Carter. Uh, you have a lot of talent on the offensive line, uh, and, and uh, that's where you really get things going because then I mean it, it spreads throughout the rest of the field if you have strong lines on. In, in your trenches and and uh i mean i think they all understand that's where it begins
1: yeah uh again that defensive line uh, class for 25 already assuming they get to the finish line with all those guys obviously 12 months out but antonio coleman out of sariland of course jakel falk uh who uh, of course his brother Uh, Keldrick Falk already with a productive freshman year at Auburn. Jordan Crawford out of Parker High School in Birmingham, a four-star guy. Malik Autry, a four-star guy out of Opelika High School. Kalen Edwards, a four-star guy out of the the state of Tennessee. Uh, So they're very busy there with defensive linemen. Can go ahead and tell you that Cohen Ackles just made his decision for LSU. So Cohen Ah. Ackles will not uh, become an Auburn. That That is a miss for the Tigers. That is somebody that admittedly I have been keeping tabs on for several weeks now. I thought that would be a great way to round out the class, especially up front. They did get Favor Edwin a couple days ago, True. the three star tackle, who was graded out to be probably more of a project with uh, a, a wide range of outcomes from sealing the floor, uh, but they were able to get him over Alabama, Florida on Wednesday night. They do not land Cohen Eccles today, so they will sit at just a couple of guys from the high school ranks. Uh, from the uh, offensive line part of things again as you said cam deandre carter uh, and then favor edwin so one kind of interior lineman with carter one uh, out side at uh, one a tackle with uh, favor edwin and then of course they also have seth wilfred who's a, uh, a juco offensive lineman uh, as well or a transfer offensive lineman as well so i uh, got a few guys in there they did not lose as much on the offensive line as some other position groups so that is a part of it too uh, but that will be something to monitor especially in the 25 classes been kind of you know it goes in cycles and some of its transfer portal related some of it is depending on how you develop guys and that sort of thing but uh, 25 will probably be a necessary year to, to get some high quality offensive linemen of course they're already doing a great job there on the defensive front we're going to go ahead and take our first break of the show today when we come back we'll get into some more college football items Uh, including that Florida State mess. We'll talk a good bit about that coming up next. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
0: Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334 887 3401 or toll free at 1 888 9 Tiger 9.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger Tiger.fm and the Tiger Communications app. Or if you're listening after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola, Ryan LaVoy and Cam Berry with you here on this Friday. Coming Hello. up a little later in the show, we will talk some Auburn basketball as they get set for Alabama State as well as the Christmas Day offerings in both the National Football League and the National Basketball Association. And some fun uh, Christmas time, holiday traditions, and that sort of thing. Uh, for now, though, we want to talk a little bit about the college football landscape because we only calmed down for football. And hmm. but all summer long, we talked about conference realignment. And it was a, a huge show topic all summer long. And it happened, and the Pac 12 died because of it, and that sort of thing. And now, the second we end regular season football, we can't go two weeks or three weeks, and now there are more conference realignment news and rumblings and that sort of thing. And it involves Florida State this time, who was obviously a little bit ornery earlier this year. They had had some board meetings and discussions about leaving the ACC and just what it would take and that sort of thing. Well, now, a couple weeks after being left out of the four-team college football playoff, I think that clearly sparked the revival. And and now they say, oh, you know, that's not what it was. Well, we get the timing of it, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and break the news that, yeah, that's what moved the needle again here. And now Florida State, in their board meeting this morning, has announced they are suing the Atlantic Coast Conference uh, for basically preventing them from having the freedom to pursue they're the, the most lucrative outcomes for them and the most sustained success and a bunch of jargon yep blah 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 uh, that sort of stuff and uh, to counteract that the acc said you know what we'll sue you then so we're <laughs> off to a great christmas holiday start merry you're christmas sued. to all no,
2: you're sued yes
1: and the acc league office and into tallahassee florida so florida state is clearly trying to get out of the ACC. This venture is going to be costly. Uh, there's a figure attached to it of nearly $600 million that they that will cost them to move. Now, I want to be clear with that, that that's also accounting the forfeited future revenue from the league. So it, it is not them paying five hundred and sixty seventy million $70 million right now. It is partly money that they will have to forfeit, acquiring and accruing over time and then there will be large exit fees there will be a buyout out of the contract so it still will probably cost them i would think uh nine figures i think it will cost them probably 100 to 200 million dollars uh, ultimately to get out of that but the 500 something figure you're seeing is also accounting for what they will not earn because yeah. the contract was automatically agreed upon, they were guaranteed a certain sum.
2: Yeah, I got I got all the numbers right here. If you, if yeah. you want me to so, run yeah, so yeah, go through some of them. Sheesh. So ESPN says, how much would it cost to leave the ACC? Uh, in the lawsuit, Florida State estimates that it would cost 572 million to leave the ACC. Without a legal victory or settlement, it would forfeit $429 million in media rights through 2036 when the ACC contract with ESPN expires, $13 million in unreimbursed broadcast fees, and an exit fee of $130 million, which is three times the league's total operating budget. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. it's so, a lot of money.
1: So there you go. So if there is not some sort of agreement again they're on the hook for at least 130 150 160 million Goodness gracious. plus some other negotiated fee so it is incredibly expensive. I just didn't want anyone to see the 572 or whatever it was right. and say that that has to come yeah. out of their pocket. <laughs> it's a mixture of things coming out of pocket and not coming to pocket. you think
2: the Florida State even has 572 million I have on? no idea Maybe? how much. The, I don't know because I wonder how much tuition is, you know?
1: Oh, I, yeah. Gosh. Depends on their endowment and, and all that and that actual school. But uh, anyway, it, they – I'm looking up how much Florida State's worth. (laughs) Uh, They have decided, basically, that they just do not, under any circumstance, want to be in the ACC anymore. And, of course, they have only been members since the early 90s. I think 92 or 93 was the year that they entered the league, so it's not like they're a charter member of the conference. Uh, But they've decided that they are just above it now in that conference and that they like to move on. We discussed this a little bit yesterday. Uh, but again, we'll discuss it today. That there is really only two options that make sense. If they can get in the Big Ten or the SEC, then they will have succeeded. They will be justified in that way, and they'll look—you know—they'll have achieved what they wanted to achieve. But if they end up in the Big Twelve, then this would just be one of the dumbest things I've seen in conference realignment. <laughs> yeah because the Big 12 members are making a, a 4 to 5 million dollars less per team than the it's ACC moved down. members. Yeah. The conference is not any stronger even with the additions. We didn't mention the additions yesterday even with Utah. And Colorado and the Arizonas coming in, ah. none of those schools. Utah is pretty consistent because of Whittingham, but I'm sorry, Utah football is not going to be like, no, yeah, Big Twelve is really strong because of not Utah. A needle mover, yeah. right? You know, and and Colorado, it's like, oh, you say Dion, so yeah, you'll get eyeballs, but I'm gonna break some news in two or three years, one or two things will be true. Either Deion Sanders will have been awesome and moved on from Colorado or he will have failed and they will have removed him from Colorado. That's the two (laughs) paths. He's not going to stay at Colorado – for seven or eight years, if he's successful, Sheesh. and he's,
2: as much as I want him, to, I want that to be true too. But you know, I mean, yeah. again, and that's that's not some prediction one way or the and other. That mean, that's just, why they lose high school. That's why he lost so many high school sure. commits as of as of late. This they they had like what like five decommitments in like yes. a day.
1: They lost that five star uh, yeah. uh, tackle Seton or yeah. something, and now he's looking at Maryland. Yeah, they,
2: that dude committed live on television and then decommitted yeah. like two days later. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: So. I'm just saying that whatever Dion is or becomes or is not, you won't see long-term benefits in that conference for it. Either way, success no. or fail. So yeah. uh, that conference is no stronger than the ACC. And that's, and that's even putting Florida State moving around. If you're going to take the, the teams of Clemson and Miami and North Carolina and, and, and Virginia, Louisville, et cetera, versus the Oklahoma State, Utah – Kansas State, whoever you want to throw in there, Iowa State, UCF, whatever, Arizona, that's all pretty much a wash. Like, it just is. Now, Clemson's still going to be number one because of their last right. 10 years. Right. Historically, it's not a world of difference, but yeah. last 10 years it is. But so, again, I, I can't justify uh, them going from the ACC to the Big 12 and causing this great of stir.
2: Yeah, this, this truly could be a, a cataclysmic, C- uh, words cataclysmic cataclysmic there we go move for the uh for the acc uh because i mean florida state leaves then you probably think clemson might leave then you get to north carolina then you get to duke then you get to and then then we then then we lose a con- then yeah. we uh, then we lose another conference and uh and and honestly uh, one that that has a pretty rich history uh as you know maybe i mean not just in football but especially in basketball and so that would be something that could could have major uh major major effects by the way fsu as of 2021 uh total financial endowment is valued at 897.8 million there you go um but still crazy uh, that they are making this move, yeah. And if they don't go to the ACC, or excuse me, to the SEC or the Big Ten, it's not worth it. It's not a smart play. You're not gaining anything from this because, like you said, the 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 Big Twelve that's a step down if you're talking about in terms of money per year that you're getting paid as a as a as a school to to be televised and different things like that. So it's really not much of a power play. Uh, so you have to either go to the SEC and the Big Ten i don't i think the big 10 might have expanded to as much as they might expand honestly so really we're looking at the sec at this point point. and so then if you're going to add florida state then you're going to have to go try and add another school to make it even uh i mean you could you could go uneven i guess because it is you know one it's not in divisions anymore so i guess adding one wouldn't be much of a difference anymore but You kind of want to keep it at even teams, so you want to add another. Uh, So then you're probably going to look at Clemson and see if Clemson has any interest. And then again, like I said, cataclysmic effects, and and it could could cause a lot. So if Florida State is going to do this, it 100% has to be worth it. And I know they're upset that they missed the college football playoff. And I think that definitely, like you said, Ryan plays a part in why they're doing this. But they were already having issues with the with the conference as a whole. Um, you know, they they said they made it clear that this is that them not making the playoff was not the only reason that this is happening. Uh, but that they they think that they should make this move. So I think the college football playoff was kind of just the straw that broke the camel's back. And, and again,
1: as we said, as we talked about yesterday. It's illogical because this system is now dead. Yeah, that's not the system yeah, moving it's, forward. it's,
2: it's going to be different. You have twelve. You have you have a bigger opportunity to make it now.
1: Right, and, and, and so you winning your league, you would always, 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 always go yes. if you we'll won the always ACC. Get always from now on, it would never happen that way again. As long as there's a eight plus team playoff, there's going to be twelve, and we'll see if it stays that way if it goes down. But twelve, you're going to always have the ACC represented. From a competitive standpoint, yes, you go to the Big Ten and the SEC, you go to a conference that will get three, four, five bids. But it is not inherently great and easy to <laughs> yeah, be one yeah, of the two it's, or three it's teams. Be tough. So, so I mean, you you still trade off some things because again, Florida State, great, they they got back here with Norvell, they they had a couple great years with Fisher, obviously Bowden for a couple decades, but. Okay, you did also struggle mildly with Norvell. He was almost fired yeah. a year and a half ago. He was close. And they did have some disappointing and awful teams with Willie Taggart. And then, again, the end of Fisher didn't end well. Right. So it's nothing's too big to fail uh, in college football. And so it's like, yeah, you'll have to work for it. And you go to the SEC, you got Texas, Oklahoma on top of the Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Brigade, Florida, Tennessee, whoever – like, you're going to be fighting tooth and nail yeah. every year for that top yeah. three or four spot oh, in the yeah. league. So, competitive-wise, it's just a trade-off. You go to a conference with some protection if you don't finish first, but it's way harder to way finish harder. first.
2: Absolutely. Uh,
1: so, And then I, I told you the money standpoint from the Big 12. You want to go there, you, you'll lose a little bit of money, at least in the short term, and... Again, competitively, there's no proof it's going to be valued any better than the ACC. Like yeah. those could be one bid leagues, they could be two. It just depends on the on the year. year. Yeah. yeah, it will not be a given. Like if I power, if I handicapped for you, what a what a general field would look like year in year out. I would go like four SEC teams, yeah. maybe three Big Ten teams, so that's mm-hmm. seven of the 12. Then you got three conference champions, so ACC, Big 12, and then th- you know what AAC or Mountain West, yeah, Sunbelt, whatever, you, you so that's 10 of five. 12. Yeah. And then you throw around two more spots. Maybe, maybe one year it's a Big 12 of the second team, maybe it's the ACC, maybe it's the Big Ten with a fourth, the SEC with a fifth, whatever, but... In general, I'm gonna give you that about ten spots, at least from how we've been operating college football the last decade or so.
2: About lockdown.
1: That's about that's about the that's about the makeup. And then you you, you twist and turn one or two things at the end of the process. So like that again, I, I just don't agree with their line of thinking. Um and and I will also say They're kind of pitching a fit. Yeah, and, and to your point about the ACC. I think it'd be very sad to lose that conference. I think that it will take more I agree. than just Florida State. It will take like a Clemson and a North Carolina to really start to undo it. But if Florida State wins these legal battles, that will pave the way if Clemson truly is distressed. If North Carolina or Virginia is truly distressed, right. that will clear the way. Oh, if they did it, we can do it. Right. And that's how, that's and that's how, how it would you, be so bad. Yep.
2: Yep, yeah, that's how that's how it starts, and if, if you know if once if one school sees that it's possible that Florida State can win the legal battles to get out of it, then they can move forward. These other schools like Clemson, like North Carolina, like Duke, which is upsetting. Again, I, I agree with you, Ryan. I, I don't want to see another conference die. The Pac-12 is already dead. Uh, I don't want to see another conference die because again, it's just it's just we're getting closer and closer to super conferences, yep. and it's it's just. You know, I, I just don't love that. I like the the uniqueness that the different conferences bring to to the table, and I I think that losing another conference in, in just sports in ge- in college sports in general would not be good for college sports in general.
1: And and look, I I think of this. Um, it's in the Titanic, and at, this is real. It's in the movie, whatever how they talk about well, if only three compartments flooded, we could have we could have stayed afloat, but the fourth got flooded, and so she's going down. Yeah. Well, we could lose one conference. I think that if we would just stay normal after that, we could we'd keep okay. the four. Yeah. and we'd be okay. If you lose another conference, I think that's too much, and that's yeah. going to bring it down to just two huge yeah. a, an SEC but, yeah, and a Big Ten, like a, just big, a Southern yeah, and a the big, Northern. Yeah,
2: conference. The Big Twelve. Okay, yeah, the Big Twelve will be cooked after that so it it is what it is yeah
1: so we can still maintain and find a new normal that is not two 30 team leagues or 24 team leagues but they gotta cut it out and and odds are if you wanna go to Vegas and bet on it odds are they're not going to cut it out, nope. and they're going to do it. Yep. And there's going to be 24 team leagues, uh, and only 50 teams going to be playing for a title. Ooh. And it's going to be—it's not going to be. No. I—I'm I, sorry, I don't think it's that's not good gonna for be the good. game. It's not. Some it's people not. will say, "Oh, well, you get great matchups every week, and it's all just—it's just separating the big boys and small boys." We the don't small have boys to are... have—you don't have to have just big boys. You understand that, right? Like that's not something that has to happen in collegiate athletics. It doesn't. Uh, so there's
2: so much more to it than that it, it is, is and, so much more to and
1: bowl season's a perfect part of yeah. it when you see western kentucky come down 28 nothing uh on old dominion and the third string quarterbacks crying his eyes out after leading the comeback yeah that game's worth keeping yeah. it doesn't have to be for a title but that game is worth keeping. something uh and, and and so these smaller schools do care and I don't think that just because others have grand resources that the others are just not allowed to even try. I don't think that makes great sense. So doesn't. Uh, that's why I'm not a fan of Florida State um, doing, going down this road. Uh, and, again, from a place that, again, makes it really hard to be sympathetic or empathetic or anything like that with, with them because I think everyone felt bad for them with this playoff. But again, if that and they say it's not, but w- that's clearly what initiated part two, right It's gonna be fixed next year. there's you're going to get in under the circumstance. I get it. you felt screwed over we we a lot of people felt that way, but again, that's I felt that it, way. it's the f- it's just it's but, gone. it's not gonna but, be like that anymore.
2: but now you're making just a public fuss and <laughs> everybody sees it you're you're it's like. It's like when you don't get your way, and like uh, we understand why you're upset, but now you're you're kicking and screaming yeah. on the floor, and it's just like okay. There's now, a time to, just,
1: to say your piece, and yeah, then there's a time to exactly. move on.
2: Yeah, And now now it's time to move on. Plus, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be different yep. now. It's yep. not like we're continuing with the fourteen playoff. This is it. This was the last one. I get it. You wanted to get in. You were undefeated. You feel wronged. Totally understand. I feel like Florida State was wronged, but it is what it is. Right, we're here now. Right, and and you you move forward to the next season. You hope that you can make it back in. You hope that you can continue. If you felt like this was your one shot, then what are you doing? Yeah, you know? then you're not the big then, program yeah, you think you exactly. are. Exactly, then you're not who you think you are. And and. Then that that's just kind of a look in the mirror type situation. But if you feel confident that you can get back into the twelve into the playoff, you have there are twelve spots. You have that opportunity next season to do it again. And if you can go win a national championship with it and using that twelve spot, so be it. Great, you have that chance.
1: Yep. Uh, we'll have more of these conversations certainly coming up in the coming days and weeks as we get towards the off season. Maybe even more today, depending on what is brought up on the show but for now let's take our next time out of the show when we come back we'll head to the orthopedic clinic phone line for the first time you're listening to the friday edition of sports call on tiger 95.9
0: To call into the show. Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail sports call at the tiger.fm. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on
3: Tiger 95.9.
1: back to the sports call tiger 95.9 ryan LeVoy, cam berry with you here on this friday again coming up a little bit later uh some notes on auburn basketball as they get set uh, for their date with alabama state inside of neville arena tonight so we'll talk some auburn basketball coming up and again also the christmas holiday traditions of the nba and the nfl uh, a little bit later as well but for now let's go to the orthopedic clinic phone line 334-887-3401 locally or toll free 1-889-TIGER9 first up on the show today Ward damn steve retired damn steve is with us steve how are you this afternoon
4: hey i'm enjoying it guys i haven't had so much laughing so hear your comments uh, and the reason i'm laughing guys because uh i the late jerry stiller or also known as George Costanza mm-hmm. uh, Frank Costanza uh, would love what's going on right now between Florida State uh, and uh, the ACC uh, 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 the commissioners. Uh, the reason I'm saying that because you know what Florida State is doing is what exactly George Costanza is saying it's the festival season, and they're airing their grievances, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure.
4: Okay, well after uh, they're airing their grievances, then they're supposed to say we got a lot of problems with you people, right? Which is what Florida State's doing.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
4: Yes. And after they do that, then there's a feats of strength. Now, I can only imagine who's going to be involved with feats of strength, you know? Right?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. No, The, the uh, ACC
4: the... president, commissioner, or is it the uh, Florida State president going on a poll for a feat of strength? I don't know.
1: Yeah. It, it'd have to be both of them.
4: Okay. Uh, it is hilarious. And I, I can't figure out why they're doing this, really. Uh, you know, if I am Florida State, I'd say in the ACC... And you're almost automatic uh, to get in, uh, except maybe Clemson might compete with you, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I but I think the competition is very similar. They're, they, I think that they are more upset about the strength of the ACC not being great. I, I think that they, uh, it, it's more about them being disgruntled with other teams not being uh, healthy and and being being top tier programs.
4: Well, what does it really matter? If the other teams aren't as well,
1: you get in. Yeah. You make
4: the playoffs.
1: Yep, uh, from next year forward. But uh, they they don't um, seem to care. I, I
4: mean, I, I'd ask you right now. I'd ask Kirby. Did he give a damn uh, if the East sucked every time they played the East side of the teams, and they were guaranteed to be undefeated? No. No. Well, okay. But well, I, I don't get it either, guys. But uh, let's let move on now. I was really pleased to see, I didn't even know about this, but you said we got a four-star uh, commit who flipped from Alabama, is that right?
1: Yeah, out of, uh, out of Sarah Land High School uh, today in the 2025 class uh, was able to, uh, to get uh, four-star defensive lineman Antonio Coleman.
4: Wow. So I'm just wondering out loud now, uh, I wonder if you know, Nick Saban is doing any flips himself.
1: I mean, I know they they flipped a couple. Um, no, I'm being facetious.
4: Yeah. Is he flipping? You know, like flipping, no. physically flipping. Is he doing any flips
1: again? I think he'll oh, be he okay. Flips. He's a little yeah. old for that, yeah. Steve.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Hey, hey. He's my age. <laughs> so,
2: Steve, uh, you're young as po- you're 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 young man. You've got <laughs> yeah, a lot of energy, okay. man.
4: Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm enjoying. It. All right. So, guys, I do want to ask you uh, some thought out, a well thought out uh, question to these. Uh, These came from Christian Clemente today about who he believes are some of the best uh, commits that we've gotten. But who would you say is the biggest win in terms of uh, picks and commits? Is it Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, uh, Walker White, or someone else?
1: I've got to go Cam Coleman. and, And no, it's not just because of how highly rated he is. It's because that was so needed. Like You just looked at the football team. What does Auburn need? Well, they do need some better quarterback play, but they've got to have a world better wide receiver uh, core. And yeah, they need to rush the passer a little bit more. They they have needs. It's not just one thing. But the biggest need is that none of those guys were top tier uh, elite SEC talent. They got some guys that can play a little bit, like Rivaldo Fairweather and Jay Fair, and, and they had Javarius Johnson, but Those are not guys that you're looking at game plans if you're the opposing team saying, got to shut him down, got to stop him, going to be tough. And so Auburn needed someone, and and that's what Hugh Freeze did well at Ole Miss. We talk about the receivers that they recruited there, uh, and he mentioned even Laquan Treadwell back in the the presser on Wednesday. Like That's a part of Hugh Freeze's identity is a a passing offense with big-time wide receivers uh, and a quarterback that can get him the ball. So to get Cam Coleman, who absolutely anybody in this country would have wanted, the a top five player in this country, uh, yes, because of the caliber, but also because of the need. That that's absolutely the type of kid that freeze that freeze needed.
4: Cam, but I'm talking about you, Cam. Not the other Cam.
2: Yeah, what's
1: up? Uh,
4: Same what, question. What is your take?
2: Yeah, I I can agree. I think I think Cam Coleman. Is the biggest pickup because I mean, wide receiver was something that was so lacking, and uh, that, that Auburn uh, hadn't had you know a true prol- prolific wide receiver uh, that, that you can hang your hat on in, in a very, very long time. So, uh, I mean, even just history says it itself Auburn hasn't had a thousand yard receiver since what the early 2000s late nineteen nineties. Uh, I mean, again, uh, uh, Cam Coleman, guys like Cam Coleman, guys like Perry Thompson. Those two, I think, have such high value because they have the potential to be that. And you, I mean, you need that. And, and again, Hugh Freeze, he hangs his hat on that. So, uh, you you're gonna need that.
4: Okay, now, you know I would say Cam as well. However, Christian Clemente um, had a different uh, take. He said the biggest one was Perry Thompson. Uh, the reason he said is because. Even though he hailed from the same high school as Julio Jones, he said for his talent level, when it happened and the optics of his addition, Thompson is the biggest win. That was his take. I said, wow, okay. Uh, we'll have to see. So between those two guys, guys, who do you think will be actually starting as a wide receiver come this, uh, this coming season?
1: Well, well, I think that could be both. I definitely would lean Coleman if it was just one. His point, though, and this is a perfectly reasonable line of thinking, is that it meant more for Auburn to land him because of how How they flipped him from Alabama. He was one of the first big-time guys, along with Demarcus Riddick, to commit to Auburn. That really gave it – like the the true sense of there's real steam in this and, and real momentum in this, and then to be able to hold on to when Alabama clearly made some sort of late push going down there visiting him again a couple of days before signing day and that sort of thing. So if you want to go kind of the magnitude of who you beat out and how you beat them out and, and the timing of all of it, that that's a fair point to make. I and, I, and look, he might end up being every bit as good as Cam Coleman. Uh, at the college level I was just kind of leaning Coleman because uh, of a situation where as we talked about yesterday if you want to talk about the magnitude side of it you did keep someone in your backyard home that's something that as you said Auburn has not been doing well the last several years on uh, and again this is just a guy that I think from day one can make an instant impact and, and has again an unlimited, uh, unlimited ceiling at the wide receiver position
4: yeah, and, and, of course, I'm reading from Crazy Community. I didn't know this, but he said Cam Coleman is the second-highest-rated signee ever in yep. program history. Behind Byron yep. Coward. yep. Wow. Okay. All right. Now, guys, uh stick with our football program, we we know the recruiting is just top-notch, at least I'd say it is, from, from all the assistant coaches. Do you see anyone being let go right now at this point from our coaching. And I'm talking like maybe Mr. Montgomery or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, as time goes on, I think it gets more and more likely that everyone's back next year. I mean, it's still uh, not impossible. But, I mean, look, they're they're clearly going up to bowl season here with him. Uh, it, it would be uh, – it would have been a bad look to fire someone that was really necessary in someone's recruiting process. That's kind of what just happened at Florida. And, and at least one of their commits, uh, unnamed, is very unhappy that Jay Bateman has left Florida now. Uh, and, and so that's kind of causing some hoopla down there as the, the saga continues. But, uh, look, as time goes on, I, I think it's more and more likely, obviously, that, that everyone returns. Will there be some sort of role change between Montgomery and Freeze? If, if Freeze starts calling more plays, possibly. Uh, but But at this point, I'm starting to assume that they're all going to be back.
4: Okay, Seems uh, being back, uh, we haven't heard anything yet. I guess we won't hear anything until after the bowl game with uh, Jaques Hunter. Uh, what are you hearing, guys, and what's your sense? Will he return?
1: Well, I, I'm not he- hearing any one thing in particular. Uh, as I said la- uh, earlier this week, running backs have every right to make potentially questionable decisions to go ahead and move on to the next level because of the amount of hits they take. Uh, because of how short the the running back's career is even if he's not an every down back and so i uh, look i don't know i'm still not familiar with the draft stock if there even is much with jarquez hunter still even as a running back though you can have some undrafted guys make rosters even make impacts very early on because again they're if you're a running back you're going to make your impact in the first four or five years of your career you're not going to sit there for seven or eight years and get a shot and then all of a sudden at 31 years old you're, you're making great plays yeah, yep. it's it's going to be quick so
2: earlier not at all
1: yeah earlier not at all indeed so I I, I think that it, it is going to be uh, a tough decision for him but I don't know which way he's leaning right now
4: well you know I'm reminding and recalling what you said earlier uh, last this past week about uh, and we talked about it before and then I saw an article yesterday from CBS sports analyst is entitled, Is the NFL Running Back Dead? Are they a thing of the past? He has a lengthy article uh, about uh, well, one of the running backs, uh, the latest one, I forgot his name now. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, like you said, running backs are not uh, in demand like they used to be. And if that's the reality and that's what the CBS Sports writer was saying, then I would think it, it would be in the best interest to stay and maybe get some more NIL, memory, uh, rather than risking going to the NFL and maybe not getting picked by anybody, right?
1: And, and that would be one line of thinking, and it would depend on what the NIL opportunity really was. I mean, again, without the much transparency, we don't know if he'd be looking at a couple hundred thousand dollars, one hundred thousand, something that's not six figures, something that's well into six figures. We, we don't know exactly what, what that would be. And so it would depend on that. But, again, you you lose value as you go on and take more hits as a running back, and that goes for college or pro, and that's why we talked in the summer, and it's actually going to go – we put it in our Best Of show that's going to air Tuesday, why we talk so much about long-term NFL running back contracts and how they're just not getting many, even if they're so obviously a top five running back in the league. Yep. Uh, that It's just they're too scared that once you get to 28, 29, 30 – the body's just not going to hold up. You're going to lose athleticism and that sort of thing. So if you do have dreams of being in the NFL and you think you are pretty close of being in there, you go. do have to go ahead and go yep. because taking 200 or 300 more hits, even at the college level, is not really going to help your draft stock that much.
4: Okay, fair enough. Uh, just one more thing about uh, our football team. With, uh, it sounds like apparently we're going to be having – Mr. Payton Thorne be our starting quarterback. You agree?
1: I agree. I also okay. agree.
4: With that given, because I heard all the uh, comments made by, uh, or I read the comments made by uh, Coach Freeze about uh, Thorne, and then Caldwell this morning uh, had some interesting comments. What do you think is our season for win totals this coming year, given the receivers that uh, we're going to be um, uh, coming um, you know, from those five, four star commits?
1: My flatline answer for right now, my kind of generic. I'm going to give this until uh, everyone's rosters are finalized, or pr- is probably eight. Uh, yeah, I, was I think say that eight or nine. I think you're looking at two games that are just going to be next to impossible having to go to Athens and Tuscaloosa. I know Auburn played them. Oh, I mean,
4: no, you're, you're throwing those away already. Then.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You I might mean, as well. just just until Auburn does something on the road of note, even though it is a a new head coach. Auburn has, has now transcended multiple head coaches that have just done a whole lot of nothing in Tuscaloosa and Athens. They're incredibly tough places to play, but obviously they're a great football teams. So even with uh, knocking on the door of beating them both last year in Jordan Hare, we also know the value of Jordan Hare. So I, I'm not going to say those are realistic as of right now. That, that's still a couple of years away uh, from being able to do that on the road. So I, I'm putting those two kind of out out and about. Uh, and then I'm saying the rest of it, okay, tough games, you know, what's Missouri like at Missouri, what's Oklahoma like, that will be in Jordan hair, what is A&M like, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and, and so those are kind of the the pool of three or so that are going to be challenges maybe at Kentucky, but, again, want to see their roster. So, again, the blanket statement for now is you need to see improvement, you should see improvement. The schedule is not that bad So, something around eight wins.
4: What's your floor?
1: Uh, The floor is probably six or seven. Uh, And again, I want to finalize everything. Uh, They've got Vandy again. That has to be a win. You got to be 4 0 in the non con. You got to beat Cal. Uh, You got to do a better job than you did last year and beat them more forcefully. But that's a home game. Vandy's a home game five. And then, you know, they got Arkansas again. Sure, you know, I, I would say about six is the floor right now. And, and again, okay. th- that would still be pretty disappointing, though, because six is a, a pretty much a given unless they just have absolute disasters all over the place.
4: All right, just real quick, you guys. I saw the line for tonight's game. I said, wow, that's way too much. 31 and a half. Do you think we'll even come close to, to, to doing that?
1: Yes. Yes, I do. Alabama State's not good. Auburn's been beating good teams yeah. by 15 to 20. uh To be honest, Steve, I almost bet they're going to win by nine now, and you're going to be mad at me. No, they're not going to win by nine. They're going to be fine. I think they could do this in about 20 or 25 minutes, and it would be up to the reserves to hold it. Because remember, they did do that. What was the game about three weeks ago? They were up 30 at half or 28, and then they, they lost the second half by a couple points. I could even see it being something like that if Auburn's motivated. They, they're plenty good enough to do this. It's about their motivation and about them still shooting the ball well and just doing what doing what they need to do.
4: Okay, so I know my time is real quick. So I want to say, uh, uh, you know, the old uh, the Christmas song, Sandy, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Yes. Well, all I want for Christmas is for neither Michigan nor Alabama <laughs> to be in the national championship finals.
1: Well, one of them's going to have to be.
4: <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want either one of them. That's all I want. That's all I want, okay? All right. With that having said that, guys, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy Kwanzaa to all the listeners. Uh, happy Hanukkah. And for the rest of us, a happy festivus.
1: Absolutely, so, Steve.
4: We'll talk to you guys uh, next Wednesday. Yes, sir. Okay. Not Enjoy me, but them, eating. yes. Eat as much as you can and uh, don't worry about your calories
2: amen to that i always worry about my calories <laughs> <laughs> all right
4: guys talk to you on wednesday until then merry christmas and war eagle
1: merry christmas merry war eagle christmas,
2: steve and have a, have a happy new year as well to you
1: steve yeah cam will be out of the country for a little while so that's just a uh, little bit that's uh that's why he's saying that but uh, we are out of time for our number one Stay tuned. More ahead in hour number two and hour number three, Auburn basketball. Got to talk a little bit about the Bruce Pearl men's basketball team. Also need to talk a little bit about uh, the Christmas Day games for NFL and for the NBA. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
0: One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620, WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications proudly presents Sports Call. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour
1: number two of a Sports Call, starting right now. Tiger ninety-five point nine, the Tiger and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan Lavoy and Cam Barry with you here. On this Friday, again, reminder, no show next Monday for Christmas and a best of show next Tuesday, so we'll be back live Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week. Let's go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line to start hour number 2, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free 9 tiger First up in hour number 2, Terry from Auburn. Terry is with us. Terry, how are you today?
3: I'm great, guys. How y'all doing? Doing well. Doing well. Hey, guys, how rough did it go for Billy Napier the other day at Florida?
1: Uh, incredibly rough. Uh, all the rough. Uh, one one year or less rough. Very, very rough.
3: Yeah, I heard it was so rough that Brian Harson called him and congratulated him.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was it was headed in the very wrong direction. They dropped about 12 or 13 spots in the recruiting rankings.
3: What did Florida State and Miami look like?
1: Uh, Miami flipped a couple, guys. They, they're in the top 10 uh, in the recruiting rankings, so they had a good day. Uh, and then Florida State, I think that they were still pretty good overall. I know they lost Bolden, so that was a big one. Obviously, he went to Georgia, Huge. not Auburn. Uh, so that one was big. But I don't think they had any other serious leakage. I think that they were in that 10 or 11 spot. And In fact, I'm looking at it right now. yeah, Florida State was at 11. Miami's at 5.
3: Yeah, because a lot of people, I know one person in particular who just swears up and down that Mario Cristobal is going to be the guy to replace Saban.
1: Uh, I don't. I mean nice. he's going to have to learn to take a knee first and then win <laughs> yeah, some games second and do a lot of other things, yeah
3: well I think it's hard to you know pry a guy away from his university quite honestly that's where he you know the the obama calls thing he's he played in Miami correct
1: yes, yeah,
3: and so I think it's kind of hard i don't I don't know but you know that's just a personal opinion from him and me quite honestly but I don't know. Well, uh, whoever I feel sorry for the guy who replaces him if it does if it does happen because you're going to be looked at in a totally different light. Oh yeah, I mean a, a ten and two year could be a down year.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I mean look look how look how quickly it got the DefCon one in the first half of this season. I mean again, yeah. the expectations could not be higher, and and at least for them, you know, Sabin continues to meet them. But uh, no, there's not many like Nick Saban, so even if you get a marketably good head coach, he's still going to fall short of what they've done the last 15 years.
3: Yeah, I want your guys' opinion on something. All those people that called up your show and other shows about the hiring of Hugh Freeze and how they questioned his moralistics and all that kind of stuff, all the stuff that went on at Ole Miss and all that kind of garbage, how they feel now that he's recruiting you know, top ten classes, all these great players. The guy that might not be a two-step, not too, a two-step slow, not going to pass up against Alabama. A guy that can give him a touchdown against Georgia—that those kind of things to happen. This are the kind of guys he's going out and getting to Auburn.
1: Yeah, no, certainly not heard of any detractors here in yeah, a little while. It's obviously, certainly
2: been quiet.
1: Yeah, obviously the recruiting, uh, which is exactly what you hope Freeze would bring, has been here, and uh, obviously the, the wins will need to follow. But yeah, no, we've not uh, we've not heard much negativity recently.
3: And, and I told people I same time, is a lot of things he did that were illegal are now legal," and that's that's the frustrating part about sports in general. And that's why I think a lot of Good coaches, who long tenure coaches are going to retire because the box is open. Pandora's box is open, and you can't close it.
1: Oh yeah, no, absolutely, and and things things like what Reggie Bush did seem trivial now. I mean, there's, that's just a yeah. run of the mill deal uh, these days.
3: Yeah, and 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 you know, it's just it's just ridiculous. Like I said, you, the Ryan Williams stuff. Well, I don't know who he's going to sign with. I I'm fifty fifty. I don't know. I don't know. I don't follow recruiting that closely. But I do know this: whoever he signs, with he could be at the other school next year.
1: Well, uh, yeah, and what you know, Auburn's trying to flip a five-star corner from Georgia uh, that that they obviously were not in on at the time because of Harson, but they would have been in on if if Freeze was was there. And uh, it we've been asked earlier this week if if you still keep if you just say, all right, well, we didn't get him, but we're going to follow him as freshman year at the other school and see if he plays, and then uh, see if he ends up back in the portal because that that kind of thing, you have to recruit everyone, your team, the other team, the high oh. school, the the poor. I mean, you've got to recruit everything. And nothing, I, I hate to. I hate to feel like I'm wishy-washy at times, or not being firm enough on positions. But you really can't bank on many absolutes in terms of uh, players being back uh, next year and having three or four years with a kid because they just don't—they're not going to sit there and not play for a couple of years when they can go play for another pretty big school that has a big need and still make hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars.
3: Yeah, and no, I've got friends in Texas. They, they wonder where Arch Manning's going to end up.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 they obviously lost that other quarterback Malik Murphy uh, to the portal, uh, and, and we'll see if Arch is willing. I mean, to be I fair, think stays. I think I, Quinn. Yeah, I think Quinn's only got one more year yes. at Texas. So if if Arch is not in the portal so far, unless he has a change of heart in the spring, he he would be in line that next year.
3: Yeah, because his last
1: name is Manning. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and they're going to try totally to finagle honest. things. Yeah. Yeah. So, kind I
3: don't know, I Just I've just. Back to the original, the first question. I just don't know, guys. I just these people that detracted Coach Freeze and his staff, and, and want to take shots at him. It just bothers me because he's, he's he's taking names right now, kicking kicking rear ends. Yeah, and and, and he's doing things we didn't think possible. You, know, you had to mention that former coach's name, and I'm like, i that coach couldn't recruit a group of Weight Watchers to a buffet.
1: <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> uh, yeah, and nor would he want to. I think that was just yeah. As nor big would of he want to. Yeah. Yep.
3: Exactly. So. um it's just it's just amazing. I, I, like I said, like you said, you haven't heard a lot of callers call in, but they sure were allowed there for about a week.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Well, and uh, I don't know how much you're on social media, but I, I had to I had to think about muting some words and some people uh, during during that uh, that time frame.
3: Oh, I knew a couple up in Birmingham that, that canceled the season tickets. And now they're trying to get them back.
1: I'm like, oh, oh, oh wait a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get in, line. Yep. Get in so line. Guys, y'all
3: have a Merry Christmas and be safe. Merry you Christmas too. to you
1: too, Terry. That is Terry from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Yeah, no, It's not wrong. Yeah, so far you're, the, the, the plan's coming together. Obviously, again, as, as Tom Peavy talked about earlier this week, you know, there will be a time to put it into action. But, I again, I think that the good news is the – Administration is having a patient mindset with this. Uh, I think that it kind of had to after the destruction of the last couple of years. That even in today, the temptation is to think you can just do it overnight and then it's going to be awesome, and then you're going to just sustain it and sustain it. But you have to have a true foundation, and yep. no matter how many portal players go to whatever school you still need a foundation of high school players. And you might come back and say, hey, but I'm worried that a third of the class is going to be in the portal year. Sure, but that's mostly going to be the third that didn't play and was not in line to play the next year either. Some of those kids end up still being really, really damn good, but they weren't going to factor in that next year. And with how everything turns over, then that means you were in a good spot in that position. You just go get someone else to be in line when it happens a, a year from then. So... It, it, it is, it is so much about roster management that I'm going. There's going to come a time. I'm not going to start this here on this December the 22nd because I think this could get into a very interesting debate. There's going to be a time coming up soon where I'm just going to go ahead and ask the question: Like, do you even care how great of a developer some of these coaches are anymore? Right. Like, is, is the recruiting part now that not only more important but greatly more important? Yeah. Because you have to recruit everybody. Again, I I said earlier this week, some people say, oh, well, we knew so-and-so was coming back after, you know, whoever announced that he was coming back to Auburn. It's like, okay, but I kind of want the confirmation because you can go anywhere and do almost anything uh, in this world of portal transfers and NIL and that sort of thing. So I kind of want half the team to to go ahead and affirm, yeah, I'm coming back, War Eagle, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, because – so many guys like Javarius Johnson is about the only one that was this way, but I was kind of penciling Javarius Johnson. It's gonna be like him and Jay Fair in the slot. They're gonna duke it out. They're gonna to try to be the the older heads here to still compete for that job. And then Javarius Johnson's in the portal and maybe it's because of Robert Lewis coming over from Georgia State. Maybe maybe Jay Fair is gonna beat him out or maybe they're gonna go ahead and put one of the new receivers in a slot and go ahead and put him to work. You know, I like I don't know. Right. But It's hard to kind of factor in plans, multi-year plans for these kids because...
2: You don't know if they're going to want to stay. They have different wants and needs. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. They have have different goals and things that they're trying uh, trying to reach and ascertain and And if it doesn't line up with what you have planned or going on, I mean, that's just kind of how it is now. So I I can you can very much relate and and understand that this is just kind of the age that we live in when it comes to football and when it comes to really honestly sports, college sports in general, uh, just the constant movement shifting your roster will never stay the same. I mean, even thinking, right, there's still a chance like, okay, we signed Auburn signed 27 commits to this class
1: yeah including you the could, transfers including
2: yeah. the transfers you could probably say that well, well we'll not include the transfers we'll just include the the high school the high school uh, additions you could probably say that down the line maybe five or six of them seven of them end up transferring out just because of how yeah, things line up just how things end up just how things shake out you never know uh it just kind of is what it is because it just doesn't end up lining up with how they want to see things they want to see more playing time they're not willing to see you know just just wait it out it's just kind of how things play out whether they love auburn don't love auburn um you know everybody has their own personal goals that they're trying to reach uh with these uh, you know just as these players so it it just kind of is what it is it's the world that we live in now
1: yeah and uh, Hugh Free's already proving that on the recruiting part of it, uh, that was no fluke at Ole Miss that he is capable of doing that wherever he goes. And, again, bringing what's a seventh-place class right now. Look, you still have that uh, interesting diamond there with, with Ryan Williams in the month of February. Yeah. If he does commit, that will make this class a top-five <laughs> class. Uh, and again, that will be more fodder for the months of January and February. But again, that is still on the table, even a top five class for his very first full season. And of course, with the uh, another commitment today uh, there with uh, Antonio Coleman, you've got a situation where you're still in line right now for 2025 to be top five or six class. It's still very early in that process, obviously, yep. but you can see how much difference a year makes and how ahead of the curve they are because they did not start out that highly rated in this class. Again, you recruit two or three classes into the future a little bit. So uh, you already are proving the recruiting acumen there for sure. And my other thought too was, uh, look, you know, we have talked a lot about Coleman and and Thompson, and again, we're going to keep talking a lot about them. But let's not – fly under the radar of the fact that both Malcolm Simmons oh, and are Bryce dogs. Kane they are moved up like 50-60 yeah. spots They're, well into the top 200 overall Yeah, uh, and that there's some revising of <laughs> scouting reports being done there those are the kind of a little bit smaller guys like, like Kane is 5'11", 165 so that's definitely going to be more of a slot guy yep. And it's Simmons. like, well yeah, you know. I mean,
2: both of those guys are nice. It might yeah, it might not
1: take them as long. <laughs> both uh, of those guys that. are
2: nice. Yeah. It's there's there's some real talent coming in with the with those four I mean, people are calling them the potential freeze five for a reason. Both right. all, all of these receivers are extremely talented. Um I, I I'm pretty sure both I mean I know that Malcolm Simmons and Bryce Kane, I think they played in the North South game. Maybe they played in the Alabama Mississippi game. They played in one of those all star games. Both of them did, though. You know, they. I mean, everybody. All of the wide receivers that are coming into this class had the talent and were amongst the best in the state to be selected to play to play and represent either their state or their region. Uh, so, uh, I mean, they are highly, highly talented individuals, and it, I mean, <laughs> they they can have have some real high impact. Uh, I, I I'm I'm liking what I'm hearing. I'm liking what I'm seeing.
1: Yeah, the, both those guys were in Alabama-Mississippi All-Star okay. game. Yeah, And uh, just high school stats are just silly. I mean, Jeez. they just are. But I just want to read you Malcolm Simmons, for example. This is the guy that's projected as the third or fourth best receiving recruit. It's not even the, what, Thompson or Coleman. As a senior at Ben Russell, 60 catches, 1,439 yards, and 24 touchdowns uh that that's in like a 14 game season or 13 game season they had a, a few playoff games so basically averaging two receiving touchdowns a game and i can also tell you because they played briarwood this year who i keep up with obviously that's where i went to high school uh he did more than catch ball yeah was uh, like he could run so, so, yeah he was yeah, running the ball <laughs> he, he did he did a lot with football uh sure found that out briarwood had the fortune misfortune of playing Malcolm Simmons in the regular year and then having their season ended by Ryan Williams in the second round of the playoffs yeah. from Saraland so Uh, If you were watching Briarwood this year, you saw some of these guys uh, come through there, and it was not good for Briarwood, but it was a lot of fun for these high school kids that are going to make big impacts at the college game. We're going to take our first time out here in the four o'clock hour. When we come back, we got some Auburn basketball ahead. Uh, We got more on college football. We got some NBA and NFL for their. Uh, the, uh, the long-standing NBA on Christmas Day, but now Ooh. the NFL getting involved because it's a Monday. Stealing the uh, thunder. W- with some matchups. So a lot of professional sports on Christmas Day Monday. We'll talk about all that and more next.
0: Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334 887 3401 This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports call Auburn.
1: Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Cam Barry, with you here on this Friday before Christmas. Hope everyone is going to have a, a very Merry Christmas and a great time with family and loved ones over this holiday season. Uh, Cam, as you said, this is your last show of the year. You're going to take yeah, a little trip. Don't miss me too much. Uh, a little trip, I mean, halfway around the world. I can't wait. And uh, yeah, that's going to be Germany. a lot of fun. Uh, so... You'll have to I, I've okay. I'm gonna tell myself out loud again. Sure. Still never been on a plane.
2: Ah that still kills me. Yeah, okay. So
1: I you can put tune together. I have not been outside yeah. the US. <laughs> I've well I could have gone could to have Canada or boat. Mexico. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. uh I have not been across the pond. Kay. I have not been over there, I've not been in Europe, any anything like that. So Maybe one day we'll see, but got got to hop Should. on a plane first.
0: You got. To, I don't man. think
1: the strategy is first ever plane ride go twelve hours. Though. Just,
0: just,
2: I say because of how often you go to Tampa.
1: Uh huh. Just, just one fly one
2: to Tampa. Just do that. <laughs> That'll get you acclimated. It's only yeah. an hour and forty five. That's yeah. that's not a long flight at all.
1: Yeah. I, that, I mean that that's, that's a, a movie. Yeah. Exactly. That's a solid exactly.
2: movie. So you're. I mean that's a good quick little trip and then there and back you can get comfortable with an airport because i mean it, it is a lot to kind of get used to i mean i've been i've been on planes for just a long time i just traveling and stuff around growing up but um it takes some getting used to and yeah. then navigating it by yourself as well it yeah. does take a second to get my used thought to. my thought
1: would be
0: well that's overwhelming
2: yeah <laughs> but the, here's the thing here's the thing if you were to fly out of atlanta i know People talk about how crazy busy it is and all that stuff. It really is not that bad. It's a very streamlined process because it is the busiest airport in the world, U.S. world, one of the two. Um, Either way, busy. Yes, very busy. (laughs) But they have a good streamlined process, so it's not hard to understand. And so once you figure out, like, where you're going, North Terminal, South Terminal, all that stuff, you're good. You're fine. It's it's, it's (laughs) – I can, see, I can see by your face. <laughs> I wish. Well, that's overwhelming. <laughs> so then go with a friend that's flown a lot. Just get uh, JJ to yeah. go with you. JJ's it's been be on a JJ. plane, right? Yeah, just yeah, get JJ to real. go with you. Yeah, just, and then just with JJ, I'm sure he'll, he'll, definitely help you out and then one day you'll be able to fly by yourself and figure it all out it's it's easy stuff though but i love flying i just i think flying is so much fun so the 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 exhilaration of like just take off and landing is just like a rush the, that you really can't duplicate
1: there's a puncher's chance that this summer we're gonna go out uh go up to new york and go to yankees braves at the stadium do it that, that that's oh the, yeah and
0: you're not
2: making that, drive. that that's that's the, like, pu- yeah that's no. the
1: puncher's chance this in 2024 of a uh of a plane trip for you good
2: boy. good you should it's a lot of fun it it really is. i love like i i my it is the best way to travel cruises are cool whatever driving whatever but flying every time love it every time are, it, are you, a like a you a nap guy you movie guy I've done both. It, it kind of depends on the length of the flight. I, I I might watch it if like I've been on long longer flights and shorter flights. So like I've flown to Hawaii before, and that was I think like a five-hour flight. No, no surely it was longer, longer, longer than that, than right? I think it was like an eight-hour flight actually. Um, so that was a pretty long flight. So I've. Uh, I've slept on that. Slept on. I was gonna say one. maybe it felt like. Far. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Snooze. It's what. It flying to. Uh, uh, flying to. Uh, you know. I've flown to to Vegas. That was um, a decent decent flight, uh, and it was you know not too bad. I think I watched a movie on that one. So it just kind of varies. But then like also flown to like New York. Now it's like a two and a half hour flight. So you know it just kind of depends. If if I don't feel like it's worth it, then I'm not going to. Plus. I love looking out the window, so okay. I'm, I'm a big, like, window seat guy, and especially, like, on your first flight, I felt so bad because I deprived Van of this on his first flight. <laughs> I took the window seat on our flight back because we went to Colorado our first time ever going. We drove with our buddy Evan, so we mm-hmm. made the 24 – areas like, a 24-hour drive there, just, like, stopped one night in Oklahoma and then kept going and then on our way back, we flew back, and I ended up taking the window seat, and then I fell asleep on accident. <laughs> and so Van's phone then died, and it was a whole thing. So I, I ended up owing him one, and he had, he took the window seat the next time we flew to Colorado. And um, uh, so I, I will definitely advocate if you fly, take the window seat because you always want to see, like, taking off, landing, you see, like, just – the land underneath and you're like wow everything looks so small and different from up here it's it's wild but um you're is always that the smartest
1: thing for someone's never flown before yeah okay i would is that gonna make you feel better about it
2: yeah i mean you just i mean you're you're looking and it's if you pit i i am an advocate of southwest i think that's a good good airline so you fly southwest uh, I mean, you know, other people like Delta, and yeah. those are, just, I think they're too expensive, but Southwest is affordable because you can get good, you know, check, you can get free check bags and you can do carry ons, whatever, whatever, and still just pay for your flight. So, um, and you're in good hands. I mean, every, every pilot that flies has pretty much been in the air force, you know, so, uh, they have a military history of flying planes. So it's nothing that, you know, to really worry about. And then you just look out the window. I mean, you got you, you gotta look out the window. You can't be too scared. To look out the window. Dude. Yeah, you got sure. To. You have to, man. It's just like you look down and you see the sky, or you, you look, look down and the, you. Well, like, that's overwhelming. And then you, but you're like you're in the clouds, and dude, like there's no, uh, there's just really no feeling like it. Honestly, than flying, I love it so much. Love it so, so, so much. So I want you to do it. I want that I want that experience for you so bad, Ryan. I want that experience for you so bad.
1: We'll get there. Oh, please, we'll I can't get wait. There.
2: You've been you you've been on this earth long enough. You have to fly. Right. You have I, to do it.
1: I am not fundamentally opposed. It is just I have not needed to go That's to fair. a destination That's far enough to where it has to happen. That's
2: fair. I say and I say you just do it with Tampa, just to just say, hey. JJ, like, let's, let's like, you know, come to Tampa with me one weekend. We'll fly. <laughs> we'll just, we'll get a little flight, boom, boom, for a weekend, whatever. Extra day, take a Monday off. Cool. Boom. There you go. And then, and then,
1: and then I'll at report, least. I'll report back. Yeah, and I'll, then at <laughs> least you'll
2: have been in an airport and you can see how it functions. Yeah. Because, I mean, again, it, it's a lot. It, it is. The
1: movie The Terminal's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that,
2: that, that's a good one. <laughs> uh. oh you kill me ryan (laughs) anyway what are we doing this is a sports talk show oh yeah uh we're talking about planes yeah
1: but hey again my my future plane ride might be to get to a sports destination so again that's that's how i'm gonna worth it say that's why we have that conversation
2: that's how you that's how you get there through sports (laughs) anyway
1: yeah (laughs) so uh not needing a plane will be alabama state going up i-85 to neville arena tonight take on the auburn tigers I tried my best to segue. I don't know if it worked or not. I liked it. Thank you. Thank you. So Auburn's got Alabama State tonight. This is obviously not a game that many have circled. Auburn has just gotten done playing the likes of USC and Indiana, playing neutral site venues and that sort of thing. Uh, But nevertheless, it's another opportunity to play basketball. It is going to be one of the weakest remaining opponents, and everyone understands that. But it's always good to check the focus factor. It is good to play the game because – uh, we're only like three non-conference games away from having SEC play start, and Auburn's going to be thrown right into it, because yep. you got to go to Fayetteville, and look, I know that Arkansas is, is not as good as they've wanted to be so far this year, uh, but they've, they have have beaten Duke at Bud Walton Arena, and so you've got to respect that, that right, game. Right. And then Auburn will play A&M after that, and A&M has, again, tough. not been great, A tough opponent, but though. Buzz Williams loves Loves coaching against Bruce Pearl, so yep. your first two games are real challenges. So Auburn needs to maintain their focus. What do you want to see from the Tigers tonight?
2: Yeah, I, I think I, I think I still want to see um, good a continuance of good guard play because I, I think we can agree that down the stretch. Good guard play is what's necessary. Bruce Pearl has emphasized that, especially in the tournament. Good guard play is something that you really have to have. Even when everybody's not clicking on all cylinders, if you have good guard play, you have a chance in the game. The bigs, are, Auburn's bigs are good. Jani Broom is not a bit of a slump per se. Um, you know, just haven't, hasn't had that high of a scoring total. His average has dropped. He's still the leading scorer at 14.7 points per game. Just... He's just not hitting on all cylinders like you would expect him to be. But the scoring has been so balanced for Auburn in these past, what, two, three games that you really can't complain that much. Um, he, You know, you've been able to get production from all over the floor um, with everybody, and you, you, you feel like you've had some pretty good defense as well. So... I think you just want to continue what you've been doing for the past few games uh, it seems like the team has really come together since the app state loss uh, and and really kind of stepped uh step things up and really come together uh figured things out i thought the win against usc was a very very good win uh you really dominated on both sides of the floor yeah boogie ellis had a good game but he was the only guy that did have a good game uh and and i mean that's kind of how it goes sometimes i mean that the The dude is going to tend to get theirs. You frustrated a guy who was in Isaiah Collier, fouled him out of the game because he was starting to get so frustrated and gassed. And he was, you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, trying to almost do a little bit too much in the game uh, and only held him to 13 points. And and he's their second leading scorer. Uh, And I think that's big. So uh, things like that you know impacting maybe not impacting the lead guy but impacting the second guy the third guy something like that that plays a part yeah the um they they did have another guard who ended up having a pretty decent game 14 points i think is what he finished with um i I can't remember his name off the top of my head but he did have a smooth mid-range jumper that i noticed and i was like that guy's actually kind of decent Um, but again, it didn't seem like Auburn was guarding him too seriously, but you know, 22 from, from boogie 14 from him and nobody else could really do too much, uh, from what it seemed. And, and, um, you were able to still, you know, I think dominate the paint, even though, um, Uh, Even though USC was a much bigger team. So again, you just want to build off of things like this You just want to continue to to play good connected basketball You're a 30 and a half point favorite at home against this Alabama State team Uh, Their leading scorer TJ Madlock, uh, you know is, is a is a talented guy, but he's their dude so a, there, there shouldn't be too much to worry about, you know. If you're Trey, you're Aiden. You, you've really, you really probably might have faced the toughest guard challenge that you're gonna face in in USC because of Boogie Ellis, because of. Um, because of uh, uh isaiah collier and if you can have the success that you had against those two guys then you're set up for success going through going into sec play because i mean yes there are still some very good guards but again isaiah collier is a projected number one overall pick and boogie ellis you know is yes in his sixth definition the, of a really good college right, player. right yeah but. it's just the definition of a really really good college player in a guard so you're you're, you're <laughs> You're, that's something you can build off of uh, and it's something that you can really um really just continue to play but play well I, I I think Auburn's gonna dominate this game you know you said oh, Auburn could probably do this and win this game in about 25 minutes. I can agree with you I think that they could really dominate it and then it'll be up to the bench uh to to really just maintain the lead. Uh, This will be a good kind of good a good game for the bench to really get some PT And just in case you never know how the situation plays out, right? An injury could happen Obviously, you don't want that to happen, but somebody might end up having to step up So you want to see more minutes from you know You're gonna see more minutes from Lee or see more minutes just as you get deeper down into the bench uh, and see how those guys really can uh, implement the offense as as uh, as is so yeah, it it should be a, a a light work game for auburn but again uh, you always want to respect your opponent you always want to be able to dominate the game uh, as best as possible and I, I think that's just kind of what i'm going to be watching for
1: yeah and uh, the game i was referring to earlier this year was the alabama a&m alabama game A&M. where they yep. auburn was up 34 at half yep. they only won by 30 because they kind of lost that focus and that edge right in the second half played more guys but still even the guys that were out there i mean it was decidedly a, a different tone uh so with the with the line, this is not one of those. Can they get there? It's one of those. Is when they get near there, do they hold it? What's the what's the attitude of the team like and that sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, that's kind of the thing that I'm most curious to see is just the the energy and effort, especially defensively. Uh, this team is capable of generating good looks against anybody. They have proven that. Agreed. Really, time in time out already this season. And, well, you always want them to stack good three-point performances, but I will give them a, a little bit of a pass for this game because they can be inside dominant if they want to be. I, I think, though, one of the, the things that we've not really talked too much about in relation to good news on Auburn's offense, of which there is many things that we have talked about those good news Auburn's, uh, for Auburn's offense, is that they did play a couple of teams with Indiana, who had a couple of legitimate big guys, yeah. and then with USC, who did not have a great legitimate big, but were long yes. players. Their guards were 6'2", for 6'3", sure. and uh, good wingspans, that sort of thing. That Auburn did not have problems offensively against longer teams, uh, and that's pretty good news because usually one of the things that a long team does well is defend because right. they make – better shot contests, they disrupt traffic lanes more and auburn was not bothered by either team really at all Uh, and so they have continued to be able to score and play in completely different types of ways offensively so it really no matter what the performance is against alabama state i don't think it's a product of anything we don't already know or something that they are not capable of or anything like that. They, they could score 100, and if they don't, it's just because they shot poorly or, or were not focused enough. So that's why I'm on the train of show me the energy and effort. This is the last chance again to play. Uh, before Christmas, you've had a few days off. Right. Since the USC game, you'll have a few more days off. They won't play again. Till next Saturday against Chattanooga, so that's eight days. So really, Auburn is going from a stretch where it felt like every game was at least an intriguing challenge. Even UNC Asheville, it's a neutral floor. Right. At App State, which they lost, was an, a, a road game. Well, now it's kind of hard to get a great excitement level for the next few opponents because you're just at home they're non-conference teams yep. you know Chattanooga's Lighter off to names. a nice little start they're eight and four Penn beat someone nice in the non-con but still these are not at-large tournament teams that have any sort of brand name and of course Alabama State tonight so there's not something built in to be incredibly excited for so if you can still control yep. your energy and effort Even in a game in which you should win by 30, you're going to be picked to win by 30, you're on your home floor, it's almost the holidays, you're ready to go home to your family and just eat a bunch of things. Yeah. like There's all the reasons in the world... To not have any built in motivation. So, can they find that within them? And if they do, that's another thing that bodes well just for the entirety of the season because you still can have that dynamic even in SEC play. You go from playing someone like Kentucky or Alabama to playing someone like South Carolina or Vanderbilt, and you're like, eh, you know, I mean, like good teams are still focused. And I'm not saying Auburn's particularly had any problem with that, but I am saying that that can be the mark of a team that's inconsistent. How can you be inconsistent? Well, you could shoot poorly, or you know, you can turn the ball over a lot, or you could be a team that again has highs and lows emotionally, and yeah. and so playing emotionally sound tonight is a way to guard up against that kind of problem happening throughout the season. And I, and I don't think it will. I think that's one of the things that Katie Johnson is always good for. Right, he's inconsistent, obviously, good. in the stat sheet.
2: Good plug, though.
1: But he is going to just harass everyone on the court even his own team at times Right, and so yeah. he will bring energy and that's always something you have Chris Moore will bring in energy that's why he plays the minutes that he does and so you do have some some guys that do provide that on a nightly basis but sure. that is something I'll be monitoring team wide who has been a player that has maybe pleasantly surprised you the most this year so far
2: Pleasantly surprised me the most, or <sighs>
1: surprised in a positive way. You know.
2: Surprise, I, I don't necessarily think that anybody has surprised me per se, but I will say that I'm I love what I see from Trey Donaldson. I like that even though he's not the starting point guard he still will come out and he and Aiden can just kind of thrive off of one another and it's not we even even when even when Aiden's not in the game there's no drop off in play and i like what i see from Trey i think he's been consistent from 3 i just like you know what he brings i just think he's a, such a good high quality point guard Uh, And and so I just commend him for just continued growth. Right. And even in, in, in another play. And you know what? Another thing that I will say, Katie Johnson as well. I know he's not as consistent, but there were some plays like some plays that he would make. That he he has made this year that he would not have made last year that I will commend him on as well just in terms of passing the ball and looking up because sometimes he'll just get downhill last year he would just go downhill every time every single time Katie gets the ball he's driving no matter what it just kind of was what it does or was what it was or it was a step back three now it's like okay you get a mix of a step back three you get a mix of a of a drive where he he'll go hard into the paint and and really uh you know push the envelope on the defense but then there are times where he'll do that and he'll pass out and he'll kind of kick out or he'll look up or he'll you know he'll draw the defense and then he'll he'll use that you know use his threat as a scorer to really uh distribute the ball and find the open man so i commend him for that that's something that has pleasantly surprised me because i think it i think it creates so much more opportunity for the offense to really thrive and grow and 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 uh just overall, everybody can feed off of one another and I think that's something that can be really really good because then you're you're saying oh Katie's a void you know that's kind of you know things that we kind of thought of last year where it was kind of an issue where it just he wouldn't pass the ball but now you can say okay well now he's a, a a contributing factor to the offense as a whole and that's something that I am I'm happy to see
1: So I'll say player wise the thing I've been most surprised pleasantly about, is that Chad Baker Mazzara has not needed the three to score, yeah, and to impact things because we didn't know a whole lot about him. Very true, but certainly the thing that was marketed most about him
2: was his ability to shoot the exactly three. right
1: uh, as being a forty-plus percent guy. And he might still get there. He's up to thirty-four and a half after a slow start, so he might very well end up around that number. But I remember even as as early, as, as recent as a couple games ago, he's always he's been driving. averaging seven, eight, nine a game, right? But he was in the twenty something three point wise uh percentage, but still in the forties from the field, meaning that you're making a high percentage of his twos. And on top of that, he's an excellent foul shooter at eighty eight percent. He is. So and he gets fouled a good bit. Like I would say behind Broom, he he's yeah, in the running for second. Him and Williams and maybe Holloway. For sure, for sure. Something in there. So you know he has done a good job of not just being a standstill perimeter player. And again, the way he was marketed, maybe those that did see his tape knew he was not that way. But just yeah. from what we understood about it, I like his energy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and a lot of these guys have that have that kind of energy. And along that same line, I think the theme with the team for me is is pleasantly surprised that they have been able to be so good. From two. They, yeah. Just in general, because there have not been many situations in Bruce Pearl's tenure where I felt like if Auburn was not making threes, they they were going to have a big offensive night. Right. And there's not only one way of doing that now with having like a, a big broom performance. There is a lot of ways of doing that because Chad Baker Mazar will get to the rim, because yep. KD will get to the rim, because Holloway will get to the rim, because Donaldson loves a little 13 footer, yep. because Jalen Williams can hit a little hook shot yes. in the lane. There's so many ways to do it for them that that is how, look, I. I still think the best ceiling of a team is always going to be when they can be a, a really good jump-shooting team and hit the three. I think the three is such a weapon. You obviously have to be careful with it. You can live and die uh, with it, and that's something that Alabama is finding out this yes. year. is They can score 95 points, but, but the minute they much. start missing because yeah. they're not a good defensive team, yeah. they're going to start losing. So Auburn is able to, yes, if they hit eight or nine threes and shoot 35 40 percent that's great and that's in their it's in their arsenal and I think you'll see some of it this year and we'll continue to see more of it. however they are very apt to be able to score 80 85 points hitting four threes or hitting five threes like yeah. they don't that's not that's not everything that they are and the best versions of Auburn under Bruce Pearl in the past has been a team that hits a lot of jump shots. So like even I remember uh, you know NCAA tournament run that didn't go anywhere with the, with the Jabari team, they just they just couldn't, stopped making yeah. anything couldn't, couldn't fr- make from the perimeter. Thing. Couldn't make a thing, and that was even a team with two guys that, for all intents and purposes, were the perfect kind of guys to have if if that yep. hit the fan like that. <laughs> right. Javari's a six ten wing that can yep. shoot anywhere, but also you're six ten, you can do a lot of things rather him. And Walker Kessler who's over seven foot, just stand there, throw it to you, throw it in type of deal. Follow. And and that team was was getting smashed to Miami and was not looking great there at the very end. So. Uh, this. Because the guard play was struggling. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Well, again, because everything kind of broke down in terms of when you can't shoot, what those teams were kind of geared to do and be able to tolerate and that sort of thing. And so I just think that that has just been such good news that you have been able to – not obsessed over it. Like I have kind of obsessed over it just because that's who I am. Right. And it's, it's one of the things I believe in, in the yeah. sport of basketball, but like, no, the average person has not had to obsess over Auburn's three point numbers. this year. No, uh, it's just, a very
2: versatile and balanced team. I, I think. And I think that's a good thing to have down the stretch. personally. I think, oh, yeah. I think that'll be a very, very good factor to have come tournament time um, and come into just sec play in general. Like, okay, the threes aren't falling, but Auburn was able to beat Virginia Tech handily without the three, you know. Yeah. So, so there's there were ways to beat to win games, and and you didn't have to die by the three. So that I mean, I, I just think that will set this team up for success down the line, uh, and and it'll be extremely extremely helpful.
1: Oh yeah, no, I, again, every every sign that they're giving offensively is a good sign. Right. Uh, and I still think that the three-point percentage has room to grow and improve, and, and they could still end up being a, a truly good three-point team right now. The numbers say they aren't, but there's still that potential. But again, you know, that has just not debilitated them in any way. And it's also because, too, they can do all those different things and get down low with without the turnovers. Right. And yep. And you have indeed seen real development in Trey Donaldson. You have indeed seen... <laughs> All the talent that Aiden Holloway has, obviously, teams, it starts with their point guard. And this team, I've gotten, I'm starting to get in this habit now where, and especially because Cardwell's playing better at center and that sort of thing. I'm almost looking at production from a two man standpoint at every position. Right. Because they're playing 10 or 11 guys and they all kind of fit in that way. I'm kind of looking as not just what Aiden Holloway did in that game. What did Aiden Holloway plus Trey Donaldson do? Right. What – not just did Denver Jones do, but what did Denver Jones and Katie Johnson combine to do? What did Cardwell and Broom? What did uh, Moore and Baker Mazzara? What did Williams and Chaney Johnson do? I've kind of paired those guys together because they're all playing at least 12, 15 minutes. For sure. So it's not on – like like you said, Brooms had a bit of a struggle the last three games. Well, Cardinals have a couple of his best games as an Auburn yeah, player. Yeah, you right? know, and sure, eleven points is not something that's going to win you awards. But it was
2: so impactful. He right. was hustling. Sure. He was getting the rebounds. He was. I mean, it was, it was it was it was it was the energy he was bringing. It was it was all of that. Yeah. So even though so even though yeah okay, Jani had eleven. But Dylan having 11, that's a combined 22 from your big. So exactly. that's 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 something you can live with. Whereas you know you're you're more used to having maybe 20, 22 from Jenai, and four, maybe six from from uh, from Dylan. So yeah, it's big. And also another shout out. I'm I'm sorry. Dylan's no, free throw shooting has just improved so much. I have to give him so many flowers for that his free throw form you can tell he has worked on it all summer you can tell because he he's he's confident in it it looks good i don't think i've seen him miss one yet maybe he has but again no, he had, he, yeah yeah I, I but it still <laughs> he it still looks good when when mm-hmm. when previously you know we go to the line and i i even remember when he he shot the first free throws of the season he got fouled and i said well that's that's, you know, that's two points left on the board right there, you know. But again, the the shot looked clean. It looked good. And it looked like he is something that he had worked on really hard. And so I, I commend him for that. That's something that, you know, that's a development thing that now you can you can get fouled. And you can be confident in making your free throws, and you're getting those points on the board, and it, and it just adds to a different factor of, well, you can't play hack a, hack a card well because you know, he, he can be on the floor and still be impactful because he can still make his free throws. So so, so that's something that's big. The free throw shooting for this team, I will say outside of Jani, yeah, the free throw yeah. shooting for this team... Yeah. Has been pretty good, yeah. No, and I not. and 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 that has been something that I think you and I have both harped on over the last probably like two three seasons that free throw shooting has just been so rough. Out of like two or three players, you know, Wendell was a good free throw shooter, Jabari was a good free throw shooter, but everybody else kind of tended to struggle here and there. Katie was okay, you know, kind of iffy, iffy, but maybe would make about one of two, you know. But everybody else kind of struggled pretty, pretty, pretty roughly. But now this team's looking like they can get. To hang around the seventies and it looked pretty decent, maybe get to the high seventies. And that's that's highly impactful.
1: Yeah, Broom's still down at, at about fifty-four yeah. percent. Cardwell has missed a couple, he's down to sixty-seven percent, but reminder that he was in the thirties right. last year. That's so even double, if he stays in the low mid sixties. Yeah, that is far, <laughs> far better for sure. We are out of time for hour number two, but stay tuned coming up in hour number three of sports call we will have some more on some ncaa bowl games got several bowl games for the next four or five days so we'll hit on those we'll also talk about the nba and nfl christmas day slate stay tuned this friday edition of sports call continues in a moment Third and final hour of Sports Call, starting right now, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app, Ryan LaVoy. And Cam Berry with you here on this Friday edition of the program, Last Hour Before Christmas Time. And again, next Monday for Christmas, no show in any capacity. And then next Tuesday, a best-of show. We'll have some interviews in there from the last couple months. We'll have a couple games, a couple series segments. We'll have a little bit of everything for that show next Tuesday. And then next Wednesday, we will return for a live three hour edition of the show. That will be that way Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then again, we'll take New Year's Day off on Monday, January 1st. So that's the show schedule for the next week or so. Final hour of the show today, though, coming up in just a little bit, we'll talk some Christmas Day basketball and football, as well as some Christmas holiday traditions that we usually get into. But. Uh, as promised, did want to get to some of these bowl games coming up in the next uh, few days because by the time that we are back on air live, there will have been about 10 or 11 more bowl games. So that is a, even though there's not a, a lot of huge matchups, I think that's enough football to at least talk a little bit about tonight. Down in Tampa uh, is a matchup. It is a Power 5 matchup, Georgia Tech and UCF in the Gasparilla Bowl. Tomorrow is another absolutely jammed, packed day of college football. It starts up in Birmingham with Troy and Duke, the 76 Ventures Birmingham Bowl. Uh, you got Arkansas State, Northern Illinois, and the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery. So the state of Alabama uh, will be showcased there at 11 a.m. James Madison and Air Force in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. At 2.30, you also got Georgia State and Utah State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. South Alabama and Eastern Michigan in the 68 Ventures Bowl, Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Then you've got a power conference matchup, Utah and Northwestern in the Las Vegas Bowl. Those two locales not usually used to shenanigans going in Las Vegas, so that'll be good for them to experience. That'll be a culture shock. And then 9.30 in the Hawaii Bowl, it's Coastal Carolina, San Jose State. And I'll go ahead and mention the other three that will happen before we next talk on this radio show on Tuesday, the 26th. Bowling Green and 5 and 7, Minnesota. It's 1 o'clock. Texas State and Rice at 4.30. And Kansas and UNLV at 8. That's a lot of football, Cam. So are much. Any of those standing out to you? How much college football you gonna watch the next few days?
2: Well, ah, I, I I I'm not gonna sit here and commit to say that I'm gonna watch a whole lot of college football. Ah. I'm not even gonna lie, okay. I'm gonna watch a little bit. I might watch a little bit. Uh-huh. But I, you know how invested I get into the NFL. That's really like now. It's just kind of like like deep dive into. The and NFL.
1: there are some games Saturday. Yeah. So it's, it's ba- oh yeah yeah. Saturday see? night's Peacock though. So really just one game for you on Saturday.
2: I'll find a way. <laughs> okay.
1: We'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Um,
2: um I I the Troy and Duke game does bring some interest to me as well. Um Troy, you know, obviously having John Sumrall left uh for Tulane. And they've already hired their new head coach, um, good the uh from Notre Dame. Can't remember offensive coordinator from Notre Dame. Yes, yep. for off the top of my head, I can't remember his name, but should be an interesting one. I, I mean, I don't know if he's coach. I don't think he's coaching the bowl game, but still, you know, uh, that'll be an inter- interesting one. I I, I like Troy. Uh, they've always been a pretty pretty tough group of uh, group of five team, and and always been successful. So that one should be interesting. Um, and yeah, that that's really the only one that I, Texas State maybe. Um, just seeing uh, see how T.J. Finley does. Seems like he's had a bit of a resurgence um, this past season. Uh, just you know being the starting quarterback there um, other than that eh, nothing really too crazy interesting uh, in my book uh, I, I I just sometimes I just I just don't get as glued to college football if it's not necessarily Auburn in the college football playoff which well I mean I'll I, I'll probably be watching that. Yeah, I guess we won't even. I won't even be able to talk. Yeah, about that. Yeah, you're not even gonna be. Well, I, <laughs> I don't even grief, think about Cam. that. Yeah, you're, I won't even be able to talk about that. Everything the will have happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and give like me your thoughts. <laughs> so, all uh, of them. Uh, the, okay, sir. I'll. I'll, I'll <laughs> Go ahead. We'll start with the Magic City Bowl. Obviously, Auburn playing Maryland. That'll be an interesting one. Just you know, pay, you know, everybody's gonna be playing for Auburn. Uh, well, not everybody, but you know, most most people will be playing for Auburn. There will be a little bit of uh, thinness at wide receiver, so that'll be a rough one. Uh, but Maryland not having um, Talia will, you know, that that'll highly impact them. So I could see Auburn winning that one. I just think it'll really necessarily be a home game for Auburn in all honesty because it's in Nashville, and you know, that's I mean, just the following up and uh, of Auburn up there is just so huge. Um, and then the another interesting you know the college football playoff one should games should be interesting as well should be fun ones uh you know alabama playing against michigan uh surely should be interesting i i can't give a prediction on who i think would win i i i'm kind of like steve like i really don't want either to win but if i had to pick obviously i'm probably gonna go with michigan over alabama every time um so it's just kind of just how the cards play out sorry um but should be a good game i i think it'll I, i think it'll be which defense can really step up the most um as uh you know as uh both have pretty solid defenses so should be a good one to watch and then texas going against washington i think that's going to be a high scoring one honestly i think that one is going to be uh i think that one's uh so I, i i gotta switch really what i was trying to say for alabama and michigan it's which offense can produce the best um but for the um, Texas and Washington game—it's which defense is going to be able to get a stop, because again, I think that is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I think that'll be a good one. I, I'm watching Quinn Ewers going against uh, uh, Michael Penix Jr. That should, that should just be a whole lot of fun. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with my championship game though being uh, Michigan going against. Oh, that's a tough one, man. <laughs> I, that Texas and Washington game is tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Washington though, um, and I, I'm gonna go Texas going against Washington, and then the the national championship will be a few weeks down the line. So, all right, if I'm correct, No oh, so, a week, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it'll be a week down the line. So I'll be able to be back and talk about that one. But I think that will end up being the national championship that uh, so, yeah, um, Michigan Washington, Michigan and Washington. I think that'll be the that'll be the matchup.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm not going to give my two cents. Yeah, yeah, I'll have plenty of time. I did want to give you that opportunity, though. Yeah, I'm excited about the Music City Bowl, and that will be coming up uh, rather soon again, and really all of it will. But uh, I was reading today, back to a conversation we had on the show yesterday. If you missed it, go back and check it out on the Sports Call Podcasters and my Coca-Cola uh, brought up the fact that there will be some communication devices in some of the helmets, NFL style, for yeah, bowl season, yes. including tablets on the sideline. Was reading a little bit more on that just a little while ago. Maryland will be one of the teams that is wearing the, the comm devices in the helmets. However, Auburn has chosen not to do that. Uh, Auburn did approve of Maryland doing that. But Auburn did not want to partake in that. They will only be doing the tablets for replays and stuff uh, over on the sidelines. So uh, take that for what it's worth, uh, that we will see the comm devices in that game, but only uh, from the Turtles. Uh, But, uh, yeah, that's coming up there in just over a week. Uh, As for the football that's coming up these next five days or so, I'm obviously going to be excited about tonight's game. Uh, UCF and Georgia Tech in Tampa. Georgia Tech had a nice end to the season. Uh, they really did. They, they did. Uh, it started with beating North Carolina. Uh, they then thumped Virginia. Uh, but even that, you know, they they did get thumped by Clemson a little bit. Clemson had a resurgence late. They uh, Georgia Tech took care of Syracuse, but also Georgia Tech played Georgia about the best game they have in what feels like eight or nine years. I mean, maybe since the last time they beat them. Uh, in the mid-2010s because uh, there's not been very many close versions of that game. So I think Georgia Tech did get markedly better this year. Uh, UCF, it's still going to take a few more years to just fully grasp. Yes, power conference team, not American, not Conference USA, Big 12, that's where they are, but that is a Power 5 matchup. And so uh, last game for former SEC guy John Rice Plumley. He's still the quarterback at UCF. They've had some pretty good weapons, including Kobe Hudson down there. Uh, and I think that'll be a pretty fun game there. Last time UCF was in that ball game, they beat Florida uh, in, in Tampa. So and that's a the team they'll play again in the schedule next year. So I, I, I hate that I'm be missing that one as I travel, but uh, I, I think that'll be a pretty productive game to watch tonight. I think it'll certainly be more competitive than uh, UCF's friends that are from Tampa, when USF <laughs> informed Syracuse that uh, they were not intimidated yeah. by the smiling orange yeah. uh, last night, uh, that was uh, hard to watch, uh, to, to say the least. That was uh, that's if there's a bigger blowout than that during bowl season, uh, Lord help that team because it's forty five uh, nothing last night for South Florida over Syracuse. Uh, but yeah, Troy Duke in Birmingham. I, I hope there's a good crowd. I have no idea. I'm not going to bank on it being full, but it is the state of Alabama team in Troy. Uh, Duke, they're, I don't know, they're a basketball program, so I don't yeah. know how well, how well they'll travel. Obviously, they would have traveled better, I think, if Riley Litter had been playing in that game and not been on his way uh, to Notre Dame with the Fairhope connection and that sort of thing, but... Uh, that, that's a hard one to predict. I think Troy's team is probably in more – And even though both teams are going through coaching changes, I would think that the Sun Belt, the, the group of five team, would be more intact than what we've seen from Duke. Duke's Duke's lost a lot of people, including uh, obviously a linebacker to Auburn that we didn't even know about until right. he talked about it during the presser on Wednesday. Happened. Yep. Uh, Arkansas State, Northern Illinois, I'm going to stay away from. James Matt, I'm just glad they got in a bowl game uh, against Air Force. Same boat yep. as Jacksonville State. Those two teams deserve to be in a bowl game, they period, agreed. end of story. Got to stop the nonsense on the leeway time to be eligible. To me, I know what the NCAA says, but to me, that is a competitive issue, a competitive competitiveness issue. And if you are competitive enough to be able to make a bowl game or contend for your conference championship, you should be able to play. That's why I think the only way this rule makes sense, if it's the other way, like when Idaho dropped down – to the fcs like okay and fbs teams should not should just should not be able to just cherry pick down to the fcs and go right into that and go try and win their national championship they should have to wait a couple of years but uh, i personally think that that you should be allowed from the get-go so i'm glad that the ncaa had no choice because of bowl participation this year had no choice to be able to make it right and that justified Yeah, is getting that opportunity. Of course, Jacksonville State already won in what was a a really good game this past weekend in New Orleans. So we'll see how James Madd does against Air Force, who at one time this year Air Force was ranked, and they were were? in position to think about being the group Group of five representative in the New Year Six. But, of course, they – had a really rough end to their season. Also got Georgia State and Utah State. If you like blue fields, watch it. If you don't, don't. Uh, <laughs> South Alabama and Eastern Michigan there at 6 o'clock, so another state of Alabama team. That, tomorrow, uh, Tomorrow's a big old day for the state of it Alabama bowl season. You got South Alabama and Troy playing. You got the Montgomery Bowl. You got the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, so, again, as far as the, the lower tier of teams, the group of five teams and that sort of thing, really all their venues and all their teams are on showcase tomorrow. Uh, that made it to a bowl game. Then 630 got a decent one, Utah, and then Northwestern, who I'll just tell you, there's I got a few things wrong during football season. Uh, one of the things I absolutely unequivocally got wrong 100%, I said Northwestern went about two games this year. They won seven, and they have gone to a bowl game. So Northwestern did a heck of a job this year. Yeah,
2: even after the, everything that happened in the yeah. offseason. Yeah, yeah. Very surprising. And sure. they weren't good last
1: they year. Weren't. It's not like that was a nine-win team Weird. that then had turmoil. Weird. Yeah. So kudos to everyone there. Sometimes at adversity
2: just brings you together.
1: Yeah. That's all I've got. <laughs> it's, it's really, That's all it's I've all, got. And like the Big Ten say. was a little disappointing. <laughs> right. Right? That yeah. didn't hurt. But right. uh, playing a Utah team that just wants Cam Rising to return at some point. Uh, he's, he won't. He, <laughs> he said he's going to play next year, so hopefully he's we'll healthy next year. We'll see. Uh, but that team just never never had much enough offense to really uh, get going this year. They were at 8-4. and four. And then the nightcap. Sad that the Hawaii Bowl is not on New Year's Eve. That's usually the, the one football game on New Year's Eve from college. But uh, Coastal Carolina and San Jose State. Uh, so that's a, a 9.30 night cap. And then those Tuesday games, you have Bowling Green, Minnesota. Minnesota a five-win team. That's If if you want to get into arguments of, of there should be a few less bowl games, the the argument I think is most valid, and I agree with this part of the argument, not the argument as a whole, but this part, is that you can't have a five-win team in there. So yeah. I know they had to do it because they do have a few too many bowls and had to fill a couple slots. That is where I would draw the line. but. Again, the second you take a seven and five, you know, group of five team, that's all they're trying to do is make a bowl game. Then they get left out. Then, yeah. then it's like, man, we did too far. So I don't know, uh, but but I will give you that five and seven teams playing the bowl game, not the best look. So they'll take on Bowling Green. Uh, you mentioned that Texas State Rice game, and then Kansas and UNLV. Very rare that UNLV is a nine win program yeah. in football. So Barry Odom did a good job. Uh, over there against Kansas, who has made it through another carousel of Lance Leopold. And look, if you're Kansas, I mean, you got to feel pretty good about that. That's, t- you know, they were a bowl team last year. They were participated in one of the better bowls last year when they played in the Liberty Bowl against Arkansas. Uh, and that was an epic game. And, and now they're playing as an eight win team this year. Kansas has yeah. got to be ecstatic to still have another year of Leopold because for Kansas football to be progressing in a natural way is incredibly rare uh, and they aside from like one Mark Mangino year maybe two yeah uh, that's just a that's not been a good football program so they've got to be a stat to have Leopold so we'll see if they can get up to a nine uh, win season this season we're gonna take our first time out here of the five o'clock hour when we come back we will get to some Christmas Day happenings Busy slate in the National Football League the National Basketball Association, and we'll talk about some personal family traditions as well. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call, live on Tiger 95.9.
0: listening to the multi-time abbey award-winning sports call this is philip lolly former auburn tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 national championship team and you are listening to sports call
1: Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app, or if you're listening after the fact, on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Ryan LaVoy and Cam Barry with you here on this Friday evening as we get set for all things Christmas coming up next week on Monday. uh, A big slate of NFL and NBA. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But before we do that, do want to remind you, uh, about the sports call survey that is currently available to be filled out, uh, it's available on all of our social medias on Twitter at sports call au and sports call auburn on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we want you to follow the link. It's a very brief survey, only uh, eight multiple choice questions plus a kind of a short answer there at the end for you to give complete feedback on what you feel is necessary. So nine questions in total take just a couple minutes, and certainly would appreciate any and all feedback and. It'll be open until the second or third week of January. So, again, we'll try and give everyone ample time to do that, but really would appreciate everyone's feedback, both positive and negative, as we look to improve in 2024. All right, so let's talk some NFL. We talked a lot about it yesterday, but uh just, just want to focus on the Christmas games real quick and really in particular the Monday night game, the, the Christmas night game, baltimore and san francisco oh, it's
2: gonna be so
1: good yeah and my simple question to you cam is this a super bowl preview
2: it very well could be right the ravens um have always started off strong with lamar in the past you know s- few seasons or so right and then it come to where lamar would end up getting some type of injury the team would be crazily injured some things would happen um and to, to the fortune, that hasn't happened this year, which is good. You know, you want to see them thrive. You, I, I've, I've always wanted to see Lamar Jackson thrive, finish. You know, there's always been questions about things that he can do in the playoffs, things like that. Well, the team hasn't been healthy, really, and, and, and they've always started off so strong. So I'm glad to see that the Ravens are able to kind of have this continuity. They look like one of the better teams in the NFL. Um, you know, they've they faced tests. They've They've stood up for through everything the defense looks as dominant as a Ravens defense has always looked um and and they look really really good like they the team to beat in the AFC so uh it's going to be a really good matchup and then talking about the 49ers they look like they could be one of the best teams in the NFL overall uh you know just absolutely dominate every matchup that they play um they had a little bit of a lull there a slight three game losing streak but the team wasn't you know they were just kind of figuring things out but Again, they've, they seem to have gotten things back on track. Brock Purdy seems to be getting uh, back into a better situation uh, with with you know this everything that he's uh, had going on with just I think his health was a little bit off uh, at some point. Uh, so he's getting back healthy that the team's getting back healthy um and and the 49ers look really really good and really really dangerous um and so you you definitely uh think that that could be the team to be in the NFC so uh yeah i mean this this really could be the super bowl matchup uh this could be a repeat of what 2012 um (laughs) which is like somewhere in there which is like a nightmare year for me because the 49ers came back and beat the falcons in the nfc championship in the georgia dome i was there i felt all of the pain um and and colin kaepernick ran all over us i i remember it like it was yesterday um a young cam falcons fan all hopeful you know now ah, i feel a lot of pain but anyway um (laughs) The the this could be a rematch of that type of Super Bowl could be really really fun. It's not the Harbaugh's coaching against each other, but Shanahan and and uh, and Harbaugh will will be uh will you know obviously he's still with the Ravens, so it, it's it's gonna be a really fun matchup. I'm very curious to see. Uh, this will be the best defense that the Ravens will have faced so far. And so I'm very curious to see how Lamar will be able to react, uh, has had a little bit of a turnover problem, kind of fumbling sometimes we'll throw, you know, I mean, typical quarterback stuff, will throw an interception or two, um, you know, every game, but, uh, very curious to see that. And then the same with, you know, the Ravens, uh, or excuse me, same with, uh, Brock Purdy and the, and the 49ers. I think this will be the best defense that they'll have faced so far. So, uh, you definitely want to see how they kind of match up, uh, against the Ravens. And, and I think it's going to be a fun one. I think, I, I think it really could end up getting to be a high scoring game. Uh, I think it's going to be highly entertaining. Um, and I absolutely cannot wait to watch it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I think to answer my own question that that's the way I would lean right now I think yeah. these two teams have been uh, free from a lot more of the drama or the inconsistencies I know the 49ers should have that midseason stretch of right. three in a row but right uh, that Other was it that. and and there were a few injuries at that time too if you want to put some blame on that uh, they have been rock solid since then Baltimore really has been solid in the regular season for three or four years in a row when Lamar's healthy right and that's really the thing that derailed them the last couple of years so look we do need to see him in the playoffs because the only couple times we did see him they were not great performances but regular season wise uh, Lamar has checked the boxes he has improved as a passer and Baltimore is a really good team and we only just need to see it confirmed in the postseason but I don't see any reason why they don't feel like the favorite out of the AFC. I'm certainly not trusting Miami right now. Yeah. I they're they're a team that's absolutely gotta prove it at some point. Yeah and then i think kansas city has some real issues and i think that it would be a little irresponsible just just simply shove them away and say oh they'll figure it out when they need to no like they don't have good wide receivers that is known that is a fact they don't have them no uh, and now kelsey is still good yeah. but by the way he is he's declining a little bit a little he's bit. 34 35 a little like, bit, a little like bit it, Nobody to, wants
2: to talk about yeah. it, but yeah. To
1: be, to be perfectly honest, like, it's time. Like, it kind of is time for him to start re- regressing and declining yeah. a little bit. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But, I, but I'm but i just saying that there there are real issues, and I fear that those that are writing them off are just going to find themselves in mid-January saying, oh, yeah, the signs were there. We just didn't want to believe it. Right. Uh, so I, I kind of think that it is Baltimore as a pretty heavy favorite. And I would almost be tempted to tell you that in that market for second would be Buffalo, but they gotta yeah, get in gosh, there first. They've gotta
2: figure right. it they're, out they're, it's been oddly and I know the defense has been beat up and, and injured, but it's been oddly weird how how bad they've been.
1: Right, but I I, I and get then this they beat inkling, the brakes off the yeah, I get this inkling like, though that they are turning a corner. So if that uh, is real, if they keep winning here, uh watch out for them. Uh and then NFC wise, yeah, I think that San Francisco uh, you have to favor them over Philly right now, point yeah. blank. Period. They went to Philly, beat them beat up, them, beat and them Philly on. responded yeah. by losing again to an average Seattle team. Yeah. Like you have to trust what you're seeing, and what you're seeing is San Francisco right now has advanced themselves past both Philly and Dallas. So I think that right now these are the two best teams in their or the, in their respective conferences, and I'm not crazy. Things happen, and and again, it's still. NFL and there's not wide margins between a lot of these teams but unless in my view unless with San Francisco they get injured again or with Baltimore some unclutched you know bugaboos of years past from Laura get back in there these two teams I think will end up in the Super Bowl from what I'm seeing right now so uh, that's a big time matchup you know the other games on Christmas Day are kind of just Philadelphia and Kansas City just needing to avoid some chaos and avoiding Another whoops moment. They're both playing divisional opponents. Philadelphia host uh, the Giants in the, the afternoon game, and then the Chiefs are hosting the Raiders early in the day. Again, these are teams that are not destined for the playoffs. So Philly and Kansas City just just needs to make sure that they play solid football and try and use this as an opportunity to get it back spun in a positive direction because even Kansas City had a, a half that was uncomfortable Against New England last week until the second half, they really got it going again. So they they need to go back home, face a Vegas team yeah. that's got Aiden Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. You know, just protect Mahomes, show you can block Max Crosby, and 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 just move on from there. Right? Right. And then again for Philly, they have lost three in a row, so they just need to win a football game. Agreed. And and just they don't even have to look great doing it; just win, mm-hmm. get that going again. You'll have a couple more games to start to look better. Just win. Make sure DeVito's not doing weird things to you. <laughs> and then you're going to be good. They then get DeVito'd,
2: I'll laugh so hard. Yeah. That would be the craziest thing that could happen. Yeah,
1: if I mean, after Dallas lost to Buffalo, the division seemed over. Philly's going to be fine. So and now it still has a really tough game this week. They're playing Miami. But if somehow the Eagles did not win that division – that would be malpractice from who they are, what they've got on their roster, Agreed. and the expectations they have, and and the setup they had with Dallas losing the right. Right other week, right? Uh, so NBA slate. We don't talk NBA very often the show, but it Christmas Day is one of the special days of the year for the NBA, uh, and there are five pretty beautiful games, honestly. Okay, give them to me uh, in the NBA. So 11 a.m. <clears throat> you start off as tradition uh, as tradition in the Garden. Uh, for the New York Knicks, who are 16-11 versus the second-place Milwaukee Bucks, The 130 game, the worst record team playing that day, unless something changes here in the next couple days, is the Golden State Warriors. They are playing at the Denver Nuggets, the reigning champions. Four o'clock, the best rivalry in the NBA. Still needs another kick in the pants because – professional basketball rivalries are not <laughs> usually that well known right, maybe right. it's player to player more than team to team but the boston celtics go to los angeles to play the los angeles lakers that's yeah, four o'clock a fun one. seven o'clock an interesting eastern conference game the miami heat host the 19-8 philadelphia 76ers yeah. who continue to not not miss james harden <laughs> uh and the, who i mean he's doing yeah. well with the clippers that's he a side is. note that's but. fair Also, being 19 and 8, I think you're doing fine. Right. And then the late game, uh, kind of a star power matchup with teams still trying to figure themselves out, especially one of these teams, the Phoenix Suns, hosting the Dallas Mavericks. Ooh. That's your five games. Yeah,
2: should be a fun one. That's a very, very fun slate. Um, You know, Philadelphia going up against Miami. I think that'll be a good one. Uh, Joel Embiid has been playing good basketball. Uh, That hurt. (laughs) You uh, oh, did it! I'm proud of you. That hurt to say. It I don't really love
1: him did. either, but that is that is the fact. He's but he's been great. Oh, that
2: hurt to say, but it, <laughs> it will be a good matchup. That should be a good game, um, man. You know, I mean, just I love watch. I, <sighs> NBA on Christmas has always been such a good tradition. Obviously, the NFL has kind of been sliding, kind of sliding in, and, and kind of starting. Depends to, on the day of the right, week, you know. Right, if it's, it's on, a, if
1: Christmas on a Wednesday, it's kind of hard for
2: right, them. But right, They'll try. They'll try. They will try. Um, and uh, but but Christmas on NBA has always been a good tradition, and those are some very very marquee matchups. Always love watching jo- uh, Jokic and the Nuggets play. I mean, they're the reigning champions. Uh, and going up against the Warriors, I mean Steph is always just Steph, and you love watching him. Uh, and then I, I'm I don't really love watching the Knicks. And you said they're playing the Bucks, so Giannis yeah. is fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I I like Giannis. He just doesn't like. He's no pizzazz. And then, you know, people say he has no bag, and it's really true. He doesn't. He's really very straight to the rim, but he's so long, nobody can stop him. So that's just kind of how he plays his game, which, I mean, kudos to him. I mean, you're so good. I mean, who's going to stop you? Why not? Just keep doing what you're doing. That's fair. Um, But I've never been one to watch the Knicks, but Jalen Brunson is tearing it up, playing some really, really good basketball. Um, You know, heard a point that Becky Hammond said the other day that, you know, small guard he can't be the best player on your team, which I'm not sure I fully under I fully agree with, obviously because I like Trey Young and I'm a Hawks fan, so I can't really say that I agree with that stance. But it it has been factually true outside of Isaiah Thomas and um Gosh, uh, missed it off the top of my head, but the smallest number thirty
1: for the Golden State Warriors. Yes,
2: and Steph, yes, uh, Steph being you know the two best players where they're the shortest players on your roster underneath six five that that can really uh, highly impact the game like that and win you championships. So there's just those are the only two outliers, and uh, yeah. So she made some good points, and then she kind of people attacked her for it, but she was right. You know, so it, it's kind of one of those things where she was like, well, I didn't say Jalen Brunson." I'm was just telling player. you what the history yes, of the league the history, says. Right, yeah. the history, the, the facts speaks for themselves. So, you know, people were getting on her on Twitter, and then she had to, like, say the statement, and she had to, like, put out a statement and all this stuff. And I was like, dude, she did not have to do nah. that because she's a, she is a championship coach, first of all. So she really didn't need to do that. I mean, if anybody can speak to that, she can. Um, but, yeah, so the Knicks are – I mean, they're playing good basketball. I don't uh, – it's about the roster construction. Again, it's just one you of those You don't things. like lefties? A lot I of lefties love lefties. There. <laughs> okay, I am a lefty. You're a lefty. <laughs> we are lefties together, Ryan. Yeah, Brunson, Randall, I, I, and I love it. But your second best player <laughs> can't be Julius Randall. I'm sorry, it just I, it can't. I'm sorry, it can't be him. You don't um, like
1: a, you don't like him taking step back nope. contested 28 I footers off the dribble. I
2: really, really don't. He kills me when he does that. Honestly, I think he uh, kind of holds the Knicks back a little bit. Um, and then the Night Slate, the Suns, if they can just – Get fully healthy. That would be an exciting team to watch. And then you know the Mavericks. Since Luca became a father, he's just decided to go nuclear. And so uh, you know he's been averaging like forty-five plus a game since then, and uh, just been playing out of his mind. Um, yeah, I think
1: he had twenty-eight, nine, and eight. Then and I was, yeah. everybody was like,
2: "What was wrong?" Yeah, right, right. That <laughs> was that was a, a below-average game for him. <laughs> like everybody just was like, "Oh man, yeah." Against the Clippers, and they <laughs>
1: they almost won, but he was a little. Luca had an off night. He
2: almost dropped thirty. Like yeah, he went down to all star caliber instead of super gracious So things like that. I mean, the NBA is so talented. Got so many stars. So much star power. Um, and so many different storylines to pay attention to this season. Uh, so it'll be interesting how things kind of shake out because I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily know who I think is going to win the championship yet. Obviously, they're favorites. But again, you know, they're, things can the way things shake out, we're only a third of the way through the season. So it's not like anything's decided yet. Uh, so it, it, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to definitely tune into some NBA as well. Uh, just kind of uh, switching back and forth between that and football. My family's probably going to get upset because <laughs> uh, I'm going to be controlling the TV um, like I have the past two Christmases <laughs> so <laughs> it just kind of is what it is like I'm just gonna be like look football's on I'm sorry it's not like I've you know kind of like talk about this for a living whatever sure. whatever TV so yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no,
1: my parents, parents cool. trust me with the remote and we they've got the multi-TV set up now so see it's and, even and less and an issue right yeah. they're more so just like yeah organize this for us we kind of know <laughs> what's on we all agree we want to watch it just kind of put right. this on the best TV for it uh, yeah, no, I'm excited about all the basketball games for sure. I think anytime you can highlight Lakers Celtics on national stage, obviously last year's game, there was two of them. There always is, but the one in Boston, uh, had a lot of people talking because that was when Beverly took the camera and tried to show the ref. And yeah, the Lakers. looked it's so entertaining. The Lakers were so exasperated uh, that it felt like they had just lost the that finals. Was good. Yeah. Like. Like that it, so funny. again, that was that's awesome. <laughs> oh that, that, man, that's, LeBron's
2: dramatic. Yeah,
1: whether whether you like all that or not, I think it was a good highlight of the season, honestly. Uh, so I'm glad that game is being highlighted again. Uh, and look, I just think that really just about all the major players in the sport are here again. Yeah. Like you might be bored by a certain team, or you might not think a team should have the record they have right, right now. Right. But like. You know, other than if you, I mean, maybe you believe in Minnesota. I don't know. They're not playing. You know, it's hard to know. They're I want to see. They're playing
2: like it. a really good team. Sure. But it is Minnesota. But it was
1: dysfunctional so, up until this year. Yeah. So. I need to see more of it, I guess, to override. I I agree. I need to see more. I do. I'm sorry. But everyone else here, I mean, you you think of Eastern Conference teams, you think of Boston, Milwaukee, and probably Philly, one, two, three. They're all here. West. you think defending champion Nuggets, they're here. Uh, You think about the the promise of the Suns and the team they built. Absolutely. Haven't been able to put it out yet because Beal keeps being hurt, but they're here. You you think about the Lakers and LeBron still trying for one more. They're here. You think about the Warriors, they're here. So they're all – Multiple They're all here. Storylines, uh, right? Always you know, fun. so I think it's going to be a great day of basketball for sure, and uh, and looking forward to a lot of it. And yeah, those those guard comments were interesting, and time will tell if Curry has changed the game in that way. He right. certainly changed it in in a way because of the three yes. point game and and that sort of thing. But we'll see if he's just kind of unicorn mode for for smaller players or. Uh, if it starts a trend of more small guards, but again, as you said, Becky is correct. I mean, I, I can I can bore everyone with the, like the last thirty years <laughs> talking about LeBron <laughs> yeah, and Duncan yeah, and I Shaq mean, and Kobe and etc. etc. Et cetera, et cetera. and D Wade. Like D Wade would be the next smallest player right. on that that O six, I think, yeah, Miami 06, team. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I mean that is a real thing. So we'll see if if it continues to play out that way, but. Well, certainly there's going to be a lot of great uh, great action for sure. We're going to take one final time out here in this Friday edition of the this, of this show. When we come back, we'll have a uh, Christmas tradition or two. I'll ask him if he has any, uh, any Christmas traditions, and uh, then we'll get the nightly TV guide. We'll wrap it up here on this Friday edition of Sports Call Tiger 95.9. <laughs>
0: time out sports call will be back after this quick break now back to the multi-time abbey award-winning sports call
1: Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here on this Friday. Again, one more time, the reminder, obviously no show on Christmas on Monday. And then a best of show on Tuesday, full live shows on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week. Before we get out of here and get to a quick TV guide, Cam anything special you do around christmas time any any tradition with your family or or anything like that
2: yeah so every every year my mom buys um my buys us um matching family pajamas heck yeah! usually i match with my dad and my sister matches with my mom fair um so i um you know we get some like pajama pants and uh, we wear them for Christmas Eve and hang out and all that stuff. And sometimes my family will cook, sometimes not like when we were younger, they would definitely, my mom would definitely cook, um, as like, she hasn't as much, um, recently, but I'm, I, I bet she she'll have something, mm-hmm. you know, done by, uh, when I get there, um, or for, for Christmas Eve and, and things like that. So yeah, it's, uh, that's, but that's the constant credit tradition is, is Christmas, uh, pajamas and uh i've gotten them every single year um for as long as i can remember
1: that's awesome that's awesome we we don't have something that's maybe just like uh I, i mean just we we have a couple things they're pretty traditional things um we usually drive around and look at christmas lights on the 24th yeah uh, and on the 24th, we usually bake some sort of Christmas cookie, usually the Rudolph cookies or Santa nice. cookies or something like that. A uh, little bit in jeopardy this year because I will be driving home from Tampa on Christmas Eve. I will not be getting getting back until uh, early Christmas morning, so it will depend on what yeah. all we do on Christmas. But uh, we usually kind of couple the, the Christmas lights with, uh, christmas cookies and my parents each and every year they've been putting more and more christmas decoration up they add one or two things each year yeah and they've been doing it for nine or ten years now yeah so they've kind of added into well you just look at look at our own christmas because just go out in the cul-de-sac and right and right. kind of observe observe our own stuff because it's gotten gotten pretty good so uh th- that's kind of our main things and certainly looking forward to being home yeah. and hoping Facts. everyone has something something that they can look forward to here with Christmas Day and. Uh I'm going to ignore what I just saw on the TV <laughs> for a second ago. We'll have a sidebar <laughs> another, about that.
2: Another tradition that we do we, we used to have as well when we were younger. My dad, we, uh, we would buy my dad would buy like DVDs and we would watch superhero. We would watch just DC, Marvel, any type of superhero movie. We would watch those a lot, like all day. Um, that was before my addiction to sports heavily <laughs> set in. Honestly, um, but we would still, you know, kind of into a movie every once in a while so we'll probably at some point take a break and watch watch a movie probably like early in the morning or something like that before i'm like okay i need to watch some football please um but yeah that's always a that's always a fun tradition that we have too
1: absolutely
2: so just a minute or so left
1: in the show real quick a nightly tv guide presented by white claw hard seltzer got nba g league action on espn two tonight at six Right now, of course, you got the Gasparilla Bowl on ESPN between UCF and Georgia Tech. 6 o'clock on AMC, the Polar Express. You've got 6 o'clock on East Step Brothers. That is decidedly not uh, necessarily a Christmas movie. Six Love pe- it, though. Uh, 6 p.m. ESPNU, high school basketball showcase. And at 7 o'clock on the SEC Network Plus, you've got Auburn taking on Alabama State. And on the call with Joe Champion of that one is J.J. Jackson. And that's going to do it for this show today. Canberry, Merry Christmas, sir. I hope you have a great time with your family. I hope you have a great trip over there to Germany. Thank you. We
2: will see you in the new year in 2024. See you in the new year. Glad to be here. I hope you have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas as well, Ryan. Um, And all the listeners, you guys have a happy new year and happy holidays as well.
1: Absolutely. So that will do it for us here on this Friday. Again, no show on Monday and a best of show on Tuesday. As always, we appreciate everyone that tuned in and called in, and we hope all of our great listeners and callers, whoever you may be, have a great and Merry Christmas, and we'll again be back next Wednesday. For Canberry, my name is Ryan LeBoy Again, Merry Christmas to everyone out there, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday.